the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Christ demands first place. There's no room on the throne of your heart for two gods. This is the Bill Bunkley Show on Faith Talk 570 and 910 WTBN. Our rights come from nature and God and not from government. History will record with the greatest astonishment that those who had the most to lose did the least to prevent its happening. Phone lines are open in Hillsboro, 813-287-5700 or toll free 1-877-943-9673. As for me and my house, we've already made a decision. We are going to serve the Lord. And that's a decision that every single person here tonight has to make. You either have to decide that you're going to serve the gods of materialism all around or the true and the living God. And now, the president of the Florida Ethics and Religious Liberties Commission. Here's Bill Bunkley. Hello again, friends. Welcome to another episode of the Bill Bunkley Show. I am Andrew Southwick, the morning host here at at Faith Talk and uh, filling in for Bill Bunkley today and and excited and glad, honored to be back with you this afternoon. Uh, Bill's enjoying uh, some extended time and and, and I'm enjoying this time uh, with you here uh, yesterday and, and today as well. Uh, you can hear me if you're if you're interested in want to know a little bit more about me. What what I do in the mornings here is I have a strength between Sundays, uh, mini episodes, thirty seconds at a time. Today is three hours, but uh, in the mornings you can hear me for thirty seconds at a time here on Faith Talk five seventy and nine ten, and uh, those are little thirty second mini biblical nuggets and to to encourage you to help equip you in in your walk of faith as you go through your day and and to point you back to the strength of of Jesus Christ because that's what we all need every day and and, and sometimes it's easy to forget the the simple things the, even the obvious things and it's that reminder that reconnection to to the truth of God 30 seconds at a time starts at 5:30 in the morning goes every half hour until noon i encourage you if you uh, if you need some spiritual encouragement nourishment during the morning maybe you don't have uh, a whole lot of time but you have 30 seconds you can uh, you can listen to those right here you can also Hear them online, letstalkfaith.com, letstalkfaith.com. You can click on the program guide, and you can click on Strength Between Sundays, and you'll find them all right there. Our origin stories matter. Where we come from matters. You know, uh, some of my favorite superhero movies are the origin stories, where, where, where the characters came from, what gave them their motivation. And don't get me wrong, I like all the sequels, and, uh, and I enjoy the, the popcorn entertainment as much as the next person, and I am a card-carrying uh, Comic-Con nerd when it comes to uh, sci-fi and, and superheroes and so on and pop culture. But my favorites are the origin stories. I always like to know where they came from, what, what shaped them, what made them. And the same is true when it comes to, to us 
as people. Our origin stories matter. And I'm not just talking about the broad, where does man come from? And, and you know, uh, uh, what, what was our creation? And God created us and that and that thing. But, but what does that mean? Because it's one thing to say, yes, God created us and that matters. But it's another thing to say, well, what does his creation for us mean? The fact that all things and specifically, more specifically, rather, human beings were created by God on purpose and for a purpose means something. It means something. Because our origin is much more than just God created us and, and the end. Our origin, where we come from, tells us what truth is. It gives our lives purpose and meaning. It gives us as individuals an intrinsic and holy value because we are created by God and we are created in his image. Our origin, where we come from, shows us what proper motivations look like because the why of why God created us also shows his intentions for us. And that gives us an explanation, some insight as to our purposes, our value, and so on. And that's why, you know, when we come up against some of these uh, social issues and social movements, and we talked about uh, several of them yesterday, and and we'll touch on some uh, here in this hour and throughout our time together this afternoon. But that's why it's critical. One of the things that I want to do, I'm a a pastor, and I, I won't even say pastor by trade, I'm a pastor by calling. Uh, whether I was uh, touring with a Christian rock band or as a worship pastor, as a church planter, as a teaching pastor, and, I, and I've served at churches in Washington State and, and in Connecticut, now here in Florida, been in Montana, been all over. But but I'm a pastor by calling. I, I, I'm not a broadcaster by trade. I'll be honest with you. I'm 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 just a dude, a, a guy. I, you know, I, I happen to, uh, to, to be in this, in this place because this is what God wants and what, and what, and I believe it's, it's what God wants for me. And what I want to do with what God has given me is help equip people to understand that because our origins matter, when we face the issues and, and, and obstacles of our daily life, whether they're national, whether they're state, whether they're in our cities, uh, even uh, within our homes and, and work lives and so on, that we need to make sure that we are bringing actual truth to bear, that we are confronting uh, our issues with truth. And that truth is found, founded, grounded in, and comes from the Word of God. So when we talk about things, and if you notice the issues that we face today, the transgender movement, uh, the, the, the increased racial tensions and division, you'll notice how a lot of the civil rights that are being talked about uh, you know, by the uh, progressive movements and by, and by many on the left, the rights they're talking about are actually things that the Bible calls sin. And so we're, 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 as a culture, we're, we're turning sin into a civil right. Now, how do we... Not, not not just come against that, but how do we overcome that? How, and, and, and how can we overcome that while also pointing people to the love and truth of Jesus Christ? Because it's we're not here just to, just to be uh, you know armchair critics and, and, and quarterbacks throwing darts at everybody that that we we feel displease uh, us. We we are ambassadors of Christ, and and you know so there is an interesting story. Uh, that may have been follow, may have been following over the past few weeks and um, continues today. This is a story from the Daily Wire uh, about our governor Ron DeSantis and the NCAA. They've threatened him now to pull their events 
from uh, from Florida because he signed the transgender bill uh, yesterday. And uh, the the article says Florida Republican Governor Ron DeSantis uh, slammed the NCAA during Fox News interview on Tuesday that highlighted a bill that, that DeSantis signed that protected girls sports in the state. Here's what DeSantis had to say. He said, you can't be cowed by these organizations or particularly by woke corporations from doing the right thing. And so my view was that throughout this whole time, we have to protect our girls. It is discriminatory to force them to compete against biological males. DeSantis continued, and so if the price of having a tournament is that I have to deny equal opportunity to hundreds of thousands of young girls and women athletes through Florida, then I'm much more willing to stand with the girls. Now, this is a, a principled stand, and, and we have a, an onslaught in this transgender movement that says, well, you need to affirm us, you, you, need, to, you need to understand us, but, what, but that's really not what they want. They want us, instead of reaching out to, to them or to extend their love or, or extend our love to them or respect to them, but they really want our acquiescence to a point of view. They, they don't want us to, they, they wouldn't want to abandon their principles, but they want us to abandon ours. And so Ron DeSantis is making this stand. He said, listen, there is such a thing as biological male and female, and I'm going to stand to protect them. And here's one of the ways we do that. And if in that protection, it's going to mean that we're, we're not going to have certain events, then that may be the price to pay. But protecting them is, is the most important thing and, and protecting truth and calling truth what it is and standing for it. You know, and, and it's interesting. It, it seems like we, we, we really can't talk to each other in, anymore on these bases be, because of all these divisions. But I believe that it's people of faith, that it's Christians. We, not only do we have a unique message, but we have a way to live that can silence the doubters and deniers on earth. Let me ask you this. You ever, you ever get the feeling like, man, I should, I should say something here. Like maybe, maybe you've been on Facebook. Well, maybe you haven't been on Facebook in a while. I don't know. Maybe you've been banned. Not sure. Maybe you're tired of it, whatever, but maybe you're on Facebook and you know those Facebook arguments and of course they don't go anywhere, but, but you, you, you'll pass something in your, in your news scroll and, and you'll say, my God, I should offer something to that. I should, I should say something. But then you're worried, what are people going to think of me? Because once I say what I think and it's out there in public, it's out there. And am I going to offend people to a point where, that, where that's going to be a problem for me? Am I going to lose my job? These, these are real questions we have to ask ourselves. And, and where is it worth it? And so, again, we need to bring these conversations back to their home turf because issues like the transgender movement, issues uh, like, like uh, race and, and so on, these are fundamental issues of our creation. These are not. These are not political uh, talking points. The, the, these are not the, the products of, of evolved social science. These are found in and our creation by God. And understanding our origin stories will give us a greater context and truth as to who we are, to what motivates us, what kind of things help us, what kinds of things hurt us. I'll give you this example. There, uh, I, when I was pastoring a church here in Florida, there was a, uh, uh, a senior center, assisted living center, that, that we would help. And we would help on holidays and, and um and certain and some weekends we'd come spend time with the residents there we would uh you know sing songs and so on and and, and uh, remember we had christmas eve and and those kinds of things and 
we would share meals with them when, when we would go in. And I remember sharing a meal with one of the residents, and he told me, he said, you know, when I, I brought my wife here a few years ago, and, and I, he said, when I did, I, it was a Sunday, and we went to church, and then I brought her to check in. And that was before he had moved in. And he said he was driving really slow. And there was a driver behind him that was, you know, you know how when you, you're driving and people are right up on your tail? And it's like, do you really need to drive this close? I know it's not saving you any time, right? We said there's a, there was a person right on my tail the whole time. And I tried to move out of the way. And every time I moved, he would, he would follow me. And he started honking his horn. And I could see him in the rearview mirror making gestures. And he followed me all the way to the uh, uh, to the assisted living center. And I finally, I got out of the car and I saw him get out in a huff and he saw me and I approached him and I said, you know, I'm sorry, I, I didn't mean to go so slow. And of course he was, he was all in a frazzle and it turned out he was one of the orderlies here. And, and, and he said, you know, I didn't mean to drive so slow, but I knew that this was the last drive I was going to take with, with, with my wife in this way where, where she would know it. And I would just, I wanted to savor that moment. I wanted this to last a little bit longer because our relationship is going to change from here on out. You know, knowing where we come from, knowing the reasons why clues us in to our motivations, and it helps us break down the communication barriers that we have between each other, even when we have differences. Even even when our differences are so wide that we may never find agreement, but if we can at least understand that, And, of course, the that I am talking about is our creation by God. And the truths that flow from that, because God is God, and because we are designed according to his goodwill and purpose. We're going to step away for just a second. When we come back, I want to show you an example of that in Scripture. I want to show you uh, one one of Paul's letters in a light that you may not have heard it before and so we're going to come back and we're going to do that in just a second this is andrew southwick filling in for bill bunkley you're listening to the bill bunkley show we're coming right back Something you can do for those who depend on you. Call 1-800-DONATE-CARS. 1-800-DONATE-CARS today. Heritage for the Blind is an IRS-recognized charity, and your donation is tax-deductible. Whether your car runs or not, we'll tow it away for free. And as a special thank you, you'll receive a free three-day hotel voucher to one of many exciting locations. So be a star. Donate your car. Call 1-800-DONATE-CARS or call 1-800-555-6689. And remember, you can prevent blindness by getting your eyes checked annually. Call 1-800-DONATE-CARS. 1-800-DONATE-CARS today. Today. 
Moss Nissan is simply the best around when it comes to servicing and maintaining your vehicles. From the moment you walk through the doors, you'll notice the difference. Our staff is like family, and we look forward to treating you and your vehicle as a part of that family. Our technicians are factory trained, and we work on all makes and models. From basic oil changes to full-blown restorations, we have you covered. And now we offer extended service hours and drop-off pickup services as well, so you can have your vehicle serviced on your schedule. Moss Nissan, whatever it takes. Sunday mornings at 7.30, don't miss the crucified message with Dr. Tony Young Jr. Just because a person only uses the call answer functions on their cell phone doesn't mean that the other functions do not work. They should read the manual in order to understand the full potential of their device. We too should read the manual in order to tap into unlimited potential power through the Word of God. And we're back here at the Bill Bunkley Show. Andrew Southwick filling in for your watchman on the wall. And we are talking about origin stories. And that our origin story is important. Where we come from matters because it, it tells us what truth is. It, it clues us into to the reality in which we live. Because our origin story tells us what the intentions of our existence are. And of course, as a people of faith, as a person of faith myself, I believe in what the Bible says, that, that, that our origin is found in God and that the truth flows out from him and that this is his design and we are in his intention and this is really his story. We are a part of his story. I mentioned to you before the break, I want to show you a, a, uh, an example of this in Scripture, understanding that people are not the sum of their sins, but we are creations of God. And don't you think, you know, too often we, we, we deal with people according to the sin that they have a problem with that we don't like. And so we, we call them that. We, we nickname people their sins. That's why we call people alcoholics. That's why we call people drug addicts, uh, you know, whatever it might be, whatever name we want to give them. Even, look, even things like transgender, so on and so forth, that, okay, it's, it's a sin for me to undo what God has already done in my life, but my identity is not wrapped up in my sin, or at least it doesn't have to be. My identity is as a creation of God, and if I put my faith in him, my identity then is as a child of God. But, but my identity, either way, is going to be found and reflected from God. Paul knew this, the Apostle Paul, and he wrote a book called Philemon. And uh, some of you, I'm sure most of us, have known this, a little tiny book. Uh, right toward the uh, in the middle end of the New Testament is the last um, epistle we have from Paul, and he is writing uh, to a Christian, or writing uh, written by the Apostle Paul to a Christian slave owner who is Philemon. And Paul wrote to Philemon, and he urged him to welcome back a runaway slave, Onesimus. Now you got to understand, Onesimus is a runaway slave at this time. The, the, that's the lowest form of life you could possibly have. And then, of course, to have a, 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 a slave owner uh, receive the runaway slave back, well, that would be very dangerous for Onesimus. And Paul also is in prison. So you have, a, you have a prisoner telling a slave owner to receive back your runaway slave. 
Now, what Paul understood here is that, and, and, and it's what Christians need to grasp in order to be ambassadors of Christ in our culture. If, if we are going to see people as creations of God, then we have to know that if, if their hearts are going to be transformed, if their lives are going to be transformed, it's going to be by Christ, which is why our example, our ambassadorship, our message needs to be rooted in the Bible, in God's word. Do you Have you ever thought of the fact that our that that our message, how, how we grow people, our discipleship makes culture. The, the, those that we grow when, when we, when we raise our kids and, and as we, as we help other people grow in faith, that spills over, that becomes our culture. You know, as I mentioned before, we're not the sum of our sins. We are, we are, created by God, and if we can see people as creations of God, even those who we despise, and I'm telling you, it, it can be hard for me to do sometimes. Because maybe maybe there's a person in, in our life that, that, has, that has betrayed us or hurt us, and I, and I can tell you that from even experience. There, there have been people that have really hurt me. That, that I had to put down my anger, my pride, my, my disgust with them, my desire to want to see them pay, so to speak, and, and, and make it up to me if, if such a thing were even possible. Because my command is not to make them pay. My command is to love them as Christ loves them. That, that's what Jesus told me to do. I, 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 am not, I am not the judge, and, and here's the thing. I know that, that I'm here in the studio, and you're listening maybe in your car or maybe at work or maybe at home, but I can tell you this. It's not my command to make them pay, and it's not your command to make them pay. It's our, it's our command to love them. It's our command to be light. That means we have to be different than the darkness that's all around us. And we have an opportunity because, you know, as crazy as our country is right now, as crazy as some of the things even going on in our state, and I know we have an incredible governor who is standing up for, for, our, for our rights as individuals as they have been enumerated by our Constitution and Bill of Rights. And, and I am so grateful that we have a governor and leader to do that. But, you know, not every, not every place um, follows, follows Gov- Governor DeSantis' lead. And there are uh, many that would like to see him replaced and do not want this kind of environment here in our state. But even if we had the worst governor and the worst government here in Florida, would Jesus' commands change to his children? No, they wouldn't. You know, and this, and what I'm talking about is not an easy thing to do because because living in such a way, li- seeing people as creations of God, and 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 extending them at least the, the 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 baseline modicum love and respect that that requires is does not make life easier. I have to swallow my own pride, but then I also have to I have to pray for some people that I would rather not pray for. I have to extend some people patience. I'd rather not extend. And that's hard to do because, you know, we have a lot of grievances right now. We, we have a lot of worries right now. And, and, and in some cases, th- those are right and, and those are just. But how are we to live accordingly? This is not an easy thing to do. But I can tell you what, I don't want an easy life. I want to live a righteous life. And I hope you do too. 
And that's why we don't have to be threatened by people's worldviews uh, that are different than us or even that we think are, that we know are dangerous because Jesus has already conquered sin and death on the cross and we are now free to love others and love each other like Jesus would and like Jesus did because he's given the same love to us. We see that in, in, the, in the book of Philemon when Paul Uh, When Paul asks Philemon to welcome back Onesimus, he said, I want you to see Onesimus not as a runaway slave, but as a creation of God, as a child of God. And I want you to sit with him at the same table and call him your brother. That's an incredible ask. I mean, that would be akin to, you know, asking uh, asking the the, the most progressive of progressives and, uh, you know, the most conservative of conservative to do the same thing in in today's culture. That would that maybe that would be that maybe that would go so far as, you know, for, uh, you know, to to, maybe for Facebook not to ban uh, somebody who has a dissenting opinion. It would be that kind of earth shattering um, uh, ask. But it really is significant and it really is true. You know, before we before we step away, we're gonna we're gonna come back, and I want to I want to uh, encourage you to stay with us. We have uh, author Amberly Neese with us, who's gonna help us uh, understand a little bit more about what it means to communicate across lines of differences. And as we get there, I wanna I wanna let you know of something actually that is that is good and that can be fun because we need some good news, we need some encouragement, and that's a uh, Father's Day present, the ultimate Father's Day present. I'm a father, I have five kids, and I hope all my kids will do this. And I say hats off to the fathers out there because being a dad is more than just bringing home the bacon it's investing into the life and benefit of your family no matter what and so if you want to give your dad the ultimate father's day present might i suggest giving him a thousand dollars that's right one thousand dollars you can do that by entering our father's day giveaway today just go to letstalkfaith.com that's letstalkfaith.com and you can enter to win one thousand dollars in cash for your dad this father's day I am Andrew Southwick, filling in for Bill Bunkley. You're listening to The Bill Bunkley Show. Don't go anywhere. Lots more to come. Odyssey. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. JBS, the world's largest meat processing company, is getting back to work after production around the world was disrupted by a cyber attack. Earlier, the White House says the Australia-based company had notified the U.S. of a ransom demand from a criminal organization likely based in Russia. Authorities say a firefighter has killed a co-worker and wounded another at their small fire station in California's second deadly workplace shooting in less than a week. It happened north of Los Angeles. Two Russian cosmonauts on the International Space Station have wrapped up a spacewalk. It lasted more than seven hours. It's to prepare for the arrival of a new Russian module to the ISS. On Wall Street, the Dow ahead three points now, but the Nasdaq is down 10. This is SRN News. We want to know, how do you use WebEx? Last week, I started a meeting on my office computer, but had to go across town for another meeting. So Mike drove, and I was able to finish my WebEx meeting using the WebEx app on my smartphone. This is how you do business. Connect online and share what's on your computer screen with others. Anytime, anywhere. On their desktop, on their laptop, or mobile device. Go to WebEx.com right now and try WebEx free. WebEx from Cisco. W-E-B-E-X.com. This is Carol Platt-Lebow for townhall.com. Having awakened to the dangers of left-wing activism in education, some parents are finally fighting back. 
In a heartening display of community engagement, Asian Americans have challenged the new race-based admissions policy of Thomas Jefferson High School in Fairfax County, Virginia. The Fairfax County School Board recently scrapped the standardized test the school had used to select students. Instead, it will now give most slots to the top percent and a half of students at each of the county's middle schools. This new policy disproportionately hurts Asian Americans. Under the old merit and test-based admissions regime, they were upwards of 70% of the school's student body. We don't know if it's too late to keep the woke crowd from permanently damaging our nation's prospects. But to paraphrase Ronald Reagan, though we may not know the outcome if we do something, we do know the outcome if we do nothing at all. Publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. Hi, my name is Ryan Bourne. And I'm Danica Bourne. And, and we're, we're the, the owners, owners of South Coast, Coast Tax. Tax. We would like to thank our Lord for protecting us from evil. Psalm 91 states, He is my refuge and my fortress, for He will rescue us from every trap and protect us from deadly disease. South Coast Tax are Christian-based tax accountants and attorneys who specialize in releasing bank levies, wage garnishments, and filing complex tax returns. We are the leaders in acceptance of offers and compromise with awesome results. We are also a small firm who will treat you like family and not just a number. Call us today at 1-800-TAX-1176 for a free consultation, and we'll take the time to explain all the programs that you qualify for in order to allow you a fresh start. In John 836, so if the sun sets you free, you will be free indeed, and one way we can achieve that is by being debt-free. So let us help you today. Call us at 1-800-TAX-1176, and together we can help achieve this goal by putting the IRS tax debt behind you for good. Again, that number is 1-800-TAX-1176. At Faith Talk, our desire is for you to grow in the grace of God. I'm part of the saints. I'm part of the people of God. As God is using me, as I am committing myself to generosity and prayer, God is is using this far beyond what we would ask or imagine. Listen to Unlimited Grace with Brian Chappell, weekday afternoons at 2 and again at 9.30 on Faith Talk 570 and 910 and online at letstalkfaith.com. And welcome back to the Bill Bunkley Show. Andrew Southwick, your guest host today, filling in for Bill Bunkley. Glad to be with you. And we are in the middle of a discussion about origin stories and why they matter. And, you know, with such, with so many differences between people, I mean, we're, we're finding new ways to be different, it seems, as a culture. It's more important than ever to learn how to overcome those differences and communicate past them. And, of course, I believe... That as people of Christ, as people who follow Jesus and, and, and believe in him and believe upon him, that we have an additional responsibility because we're accountable not just to each other, but, but to the Lord. And we can also be an example of the kind of bridge necessary that can lead to some healing and, and, re, and restoration uh, in our culture. We are joined uh, this, uh, this half hour by Amberly Neese. She is a speaker, a humorist. Uh, an encourager, an author with a passion for grin-spiring others. And you, she's a featured speaker at the Aspire Women's Events and a main host. She's a comedian for Marriage Date Nights, popular Christian events that tour all over. Uh, degrees from Biola University. She serves currently as an adjunct professor at Grand Canyon University and a master connector for inspiring growth. 
She is also the author of, of Bible Studies, Common Ground, and the Bible, or excuse me, the Belonging Project, as well as the devotional, the Friendship Initiative. And Amberly Neese joins us now. Amberly, welcome to the Bill Bunkley Show. Oh, Andrew, thank you so much for having me on. I have heard that you and I have something besides Jesus in common. <laughs> oh yeah, what uh, what would that be? <laughs> we are uh, nerds. Uh, and love Star Wars. Is that a is that a true statement? That that is true. That is true. I am uh, I am a card carrying <laughs> nerd, a Star Wars fanatic, oh, yeah. and I know that all this, the Trekkies out there have a problem with that. There's some differences there. We can talk about how Star mm-hmm. Wars and Star Trekkies can can mend their fences. Uh, but yeah, we share a uh, a mutual uh, uh, enthusiasm for all things Star Wars. Absolutely. We always say the geek is strong in this one. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so anyway, well, I'm so glad to be here today. Good, and we're glad to have you. And you know, we're, we're talking about how do we communicate with differences, and and I've been uh, putting forth at least the, the 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 idea, the importance that we need to be able to see people as God created us and as creations of God, uh, in order mm. to not treat them as the things we don't like, you know, and. And so one of the things your your book, uh, Common Ground, talks about how we look deeper into other people's situations and maybe how does looking deeper into other situations help us find common ground? Yes, indeed. So um, when I was writing uh, the study, it's actually based on these sibling relationships in the Bible. I thought if we're going to get down to mm. how do brothers and sisters in Christ, how should we get along? What a great what great source material to look at those sibling relationships in the Bible. And I think one of the things I think you know, you nailed it when you said you've gotta we've gotta look past our differences and really connect with that person because that person was made by God, um, fearfully and wonderfully made by God. And so how do we do that? Well, so much easier said than done. And it goes way past practice being nice to each other or just play nice. Mm-hmm. Um, biblical community means we get in one another's spaces, and we practice empathy toward one another, and we try to find the things that that bind us rather than the things that divide us. You know, and it's, and that, as you said, it's easier said than done, and not just because it can be uncomfortable for us or because we we may have really, you know, uh, well-formed opinions that we feel strongly about that, that maybe aren't conducive to, to someone else's, but it seems like everything today is polarizing. We are looking for a Agreed. reason to hate each other all the time, and if we can if we can make these little micro subgroups of demographics and then keep hiving them Ooh. off and making more and more, and, and then we're, we feel like we're forced to pick sides. Well, if I, if I affirm that, then I can't affirm that, and I'm not allowed over here, and I'm not allowed over here. Uh, why do you think every topic seems to be so polarizing today? Ooh, Andrew, well, I will say that um, I know that God is good, and I know that sometimes his people uh, do not act uh, like he is good. And I think <laughs> one, of the, uh, one of the problems has just been uncertainty. I think that there's been an incredible amount of uncertainty in our world, and oftentimes we grasp onto things um, in uncertain times, um, and sometimes they're good things, and sometimes they're not good things. I read an article about um, the Titanic, the survivors of the Titanic, mm-hmm. and some of them were saying they would hold on to anything that would float by because wow. they were just desperate for some kind of certainty. And I think um, I think people have done the same thing, whether it's you know um, getting into politics and her- and disconnecting from other people or um, whatever it happens to be. I think we've I wish I could say in our time of uh, COVID and quarantine that we 
we all acted according to um, the one another's in the New Testament, those love one another and pray for one another and confess mm-hmm. your sins to one another. But frankly, Scarlett, in our in our desperation, I think a lot of people held on to stuff that just did not honor God. Amen. Amen. One of the things that uh, I always encourage people, I was a pastor, and, and, and I would always encourage people, you know, when you come to worship or come before God, come empty-handed. And I know that sounds weird, but but I don't want my hands full of a bunch of junk and then I'm not able, I'm not open enough to receive what God might have for me. And I think sometimes Ooh. that's, we end up projecting that on other people, you know? And and I wonder, take Agreed. us back a little bit, Amberly, to when you were, what what, what made you decide to, to write uh, Common Ground in the first place? What, what were some of the things that brought you to that and then finally put pen to paper and make it happen? Yeah. So honestly, the Holy Spirit led me to start this study. I, I felt like there were some there was some unfriending going on, even in my friend group. I mean, ladies who love Jesus, um, who who uh, work hard, many of them in ministry. And I was watching unfriending happening and unfollowing and unkindness and just a disconnect. And so I was really just grasping, hoping the Lord would show me some encouragement to um, speak into those relationships. And those sibling rivalries came up. And, um, and how do we do things like... Um, you know, combat jealousy or practice empathy? How do we make those connections? Um, Our son is a huge politics nerd. He (laughs) loves politics. And I I, uh, appreciate that about him. But one of his favorite, um, and I won't even mention the name, but the person says, can, what can we agree on? On what can we agree? Can we agree? You know, like when they're when when he's in a debate with somebody, he goes back to on what can we agree? Yeah. And as believers, if people are going to know that we are Christians by our love, we better do a lot more of on what can we agree? Even if it's just Jesus and Him, you know, crucified and risen, that's enough to build relationship on. And so, how do we how do we stop the unfriending long enough to get to that? Mm, amen. Now. Your, the, the Bible study, Common Ground, focuses on the biblical siblings, as you talked about. Um, let's say uh, we're, we're, we're in an elevator, and uh, we, we've got the, um, let's see, the uh, Star Wars, uh, you know, um, New Hope <laughs> theme playing on the music, all right? So it's, it's a conducive environment. Um, uh, we're, we, we, we've got, uh, you know, uh, 60 seconds in the elevator. What set of siblings do you think is most striking to you, particularly with, respect to our current just social conditions that and, and what maybe or one or two things we could learn from them as you have recorded in your book wow andrew great question um first of all i love the fact that there's some music going on and it's star wars but um i would say probably rachel and leah rachel and leah is such a hard uh, at least for me a hard story to read because depending on what season i'm in mm. I can relate to one or the other. You know, we've all had that thing where we want something so much that we don't have. We don't feel like we're enough. And both of these ladies were struggling with it. But instead of focusing on the fact that they were sisters and they shared blood and they and they um, they grew up together and they were, you know, um, same culture, never once in the story do they stop and empathize with the plight of the other one. Both of them were on the struggle bus. They were driving the struggle bus of their yeah. own. And um, at no time did they stop and say, we have so much in common. Yes, they had to share a husband, which I cannot, I don't even want to go into that. I <laughs> do well to keep up with the husband I have. I can't imagine, yeah. um, you know, sharing. But they never, 
they never showed empathy. And I think that that, if we lead with empathy, if we, um, in that 60 seconds, um, it's amazing. My, my family will say, gosh, that, that total stranger shared her whole life story with you. And I said, I just ask questions. Yeah. I think people are hungry to tell their story, Andrew. I think they're, they're hungry to share their heart with others. And when in January of 2020, 61% of Americans admitted to being lonely, and that was mm. before quarantine, that was before we were hoarding toilet paper. Right. Um, mm. If that is the case, then as believers, we have an obligation to listen and yeah. to care and to show empathy. Absolutely. And, and I think, you know, one thing it's important for Christians to remember, and, I, and again, I, I say these things and, and it's not like I've got one finger pointed out and three pointed back at me, like all of them point at me. Like I, I have to remind myself of these things <laughs> to, to do yeah. them in my own life, but uh, because they are important, it's true. You know, when, if we can remember that people are creations of God, then we also know that God has a story he wants to write in their lives. And I think one of the things is mm-hmm. we, we, we come upon people at different points in God's story in their life. And sometimes we can write them off because it's not a great point right now. And, or, yes. or, or it's not a, or, or it is, or it is the, the, the political difference or it is the, the, the social issue difference. And then we say, well, that's a, that's a, that's a divide too far. That, that's a bridge too far. Or sometimes yes. that's intimidating to us, you know? Um, Cause I know yes. like if you look at the, with the progressive movement and how, loud they are um and how Indeed. and how forceful they can be and, and and they have a lot of influence in uh in a lot of our culture it can seem like man like you said we're just we're inadequate we're not enough we don't know we, i'm not sure i can even do this um mm-hmm. how can we mend fences and overcome some some of these feelings and wh- whether whether it's jealousy or intimidation those those or even projecting yes. um you know, something that's other than, other than what God's view of them would be onto them. How can we overcome those as adults? Wow. Well, um, obviously Jesus, uh, Jesus set amazing examples when it came to loving on other people. And I think one of the most profound when you're talking about that particular issue is the story of the adulterous woman. Mm. And oftentimes, you know, in that story, he writes in the sand and I've thought to myself, you know, when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask him, Hey, God, why mosquitoes, <laughs> and why did you give me this curly hair, and what did you write in the sand, Jesus? I want to know. But as I was doing my research, I realized, you know, that's not the important part. The important part was probably just taking a posture of humility and maybe even getting down on her level. Um, and I think that we need to do that more. Again, listening for um, true understanding instead of listening to um, come back with a, you know, a snarky retort. I think sure. I think we just need to make sure that we're truly listening to people. And again, it sounds very kumbaya. I totally get it. As I was drive, you know, I was driving home to be part of this interview. Somebody cut me off, and I'm just going to tell you, I did not respond like my heart of hearts. <laughs> my heart did not respond like that. That person is a child of God, or they, they were made by God. And I right. said, I, no, I wanted to run them over with my car. <laughs> um, <laughs> so you know, you're right. All the fingers are pointing back to us. But what can we do to slow down long enough and really um, connect with people because we are very divided. And I just, when Jesus prayed that we would all be one, he didn't say, you know, just one political party or one, he said that we we would be one. And how do we, how do we start that? And I do believe it starts with stopping long enough to listen and to care and to listen to the story. 
Amen. Now, Amberly, I know you also have a, another study called the Friendship Initiative, and, I, and I'd love to talk about that a little bit more, which yeah. we'll do in our next segment, if you can stick with us. Great. And uh, we are Andrew Southwick filling in for Bill Bunkley here on the Bill Bunkley Show. Don't go anywhere more with Amberly Neese when we come back. You are good. I know. Oh, my darkest day. Nothing is more important than protecting your family and property. That's why you should make a free call right now to Vivint, the number one smart home services provider in the U.S. Vivint will make your home safer and more secure with a state-of-the-art system that's so simple to use. Vivint smart home specialists provide award-winning monitoring of your system 24-7, 365 to respond to any emergency, even when you can't. And with the 4.5-star rated Vivint smart home mobile app, control your entire house from anywhere. Locks, cameras, security system, all at your fingertips on your mobile device. Call Vivint now and get a free quote, professional installation, and full smart home service for as little as $2 per day. Equipment purchase or service agreement required. Conditions apply. Call now. A smart home is a safer home. So protect your family and your property, home or business, with a Vivint smart home system. Call 800-311-6855. 800-311-6855. That's 800-311-6855. 800-311-6855. Profile America, Wednesday, June 2nd. On this date in 1924, President Coolidge signed the Indian Citizenship Act, which stated, All non-citizen Indians born within the territorial limits of the United States be, and they are hereby declared to be, citizens of the United States, provided that the granting of such citizenship shall not in any manner impair or otherwise affect the right of any Indian to tribal or other property. Prior to this act, about two-thirds of the American Indian population were already citizens by other provisions. Today, there are about 2.2 million single-race American Indians possessing this full citizenship in 574 federally recognized tribes. In combination with other races, the American Indian population numbers nearly 4.5 million. You can find more facts about America's people, places, and economy from the American Community Survey at census.gov. Another last-minute adventure from Hotels.com. After nine hours in the car, we were almost home from vacation. Things were going well until... Sparkles! We left my hamster. Sparkles. They headed back for Sparkles, but they didn't know about last-minute deals from Hotels.com. So we slept in our car. Life happens, and when it does, Hotels.com has a last-minute deal. Right now, find great deals in Orlando, Atlanta, and throughout Florida. Hotels.com. Be smart. Book smart. This is an important notice to all U.S. taxpayers. The IRS is giving away billions of dollars in tax savings through a federal program called the Fresh Start Initiative to aid delinquent taxpayers. This initiative was established for anyone facing financial hardship and unable to pay their back taxes. Qualifying and enrolling in this program will stop all collections, settle your delinquent tax problem, and even reduce what you owe by thousands of dollars. Call the hotline at People's Tax Relief to see if you qualify and get this free information by dialing 800-285-0395. 
If you have unfiled tax returns or cannot afford to pay your personal or business back taxes, you can now get the help you need. One simple phone call can resolve your tax problem and save you thousands of dollars. To see if you qualify and to get this important free information, call 800-285-0395. Saturday afternoons at 4. It's time for Gaining Ground with Dr. Evan Burroughs. Without a proper understanding of who truly owns your car, who owns your house, we're prone to mismanage that which we do have. Gaining Ground with Dr. Evan Burroughs. Saturday afternoons at 4 on Faith Talk 570 WTBN. Online at letstalkfaith.com. And we are back here in the Bill Bunkley Show. Andrew Southwick sitting in for your watchman on the wall. And we are talking with Amberly Neese, author of Bible Studies, Common Ground and the Belonging Project, as well as the devotional, The Friendship Initiative. And we are talking about how to communicate across differences and what a timely topic that is. Uh, Amberly, I want to bring you back in here and talk about The Friendship Initiative. This is a, a new devotional that came out recently. Tell us a little bit about The Friendship Initiative. Yeah, so the Friendship Initiative can be done separately from the study, or it can be, uh, um, you know, a complement to the study. But again, when people are feeling ill-equipped to start relationships, I dove into Jesus' example of how he initiated connection with other people and how we can learn from that. Again, it's one thing to say, we need to do this better. It's a whole other thing to be pragmatic and find some practical ways to make connections. Now, we, we've spent, you know, 15 months now, uh, uh, almost, uh, apart, or largely apart, um, encouraged mm-hmm. to be apart. Now I even say, even kind of emotionally or psychologically, we're still learning how to reacclimate with each other. Um, but Agreed. reconnecting is going to be important. That's going to be one of the ways that we end the pandemic is as we um, reconnect. Why is it so important uh, to be connected and to reconnect? Well, I mean... Andrew, I'm sure you can back me up on this. It's impossible to live fully the Christian life in isolation, mm. right? We can't we can't fulfill the Great Commission. We can't we can't fulfill the Great Commandment if we're all by ourselves. Yes, a relationship with with Jesus is is crucial and critical, and it is the it is the cornerstone of those other relationships. However, in order to fully live out His plan for us, we've got to be in community with other people, and so. Um, and so as far as I'm concerned, it's important because God said it, but mm-hmm. it's also important because it makes us better. God uses relationships in our lives to mold us and shape us and to make us look more like Jesus. Um, I, I've got, I, you know, iron sharpens iron. And so we get better when we are together. Amen. Yeah. And, and you know, part of being made in God's image is we're made to be in relationship and connection with others. And uh, yes, just, just as so God is in, in the Trinity, uh, he, he gave that to us. And that's, you know, that, that's, a, that's a big part of it. And hopefully one of the ways will come out of this. Um, maybe a couple, of, a couple of things that you have learned from Jesus about relationships. Ooh. Um, 
Well, I think some of the ones that really struck me, and again, I went to Bible college. I was very familiar. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am very familiar with these stories. But I, God just showed me some really deep, uh, meaningful things for me. And one of them was the, um, the healing of the lepers. Oh, and yeah. I think it's so interesting, you know, it, we, we think about gratitude, that that's the takeaway. You know, you should be grateful for what God has done, and that is absolutely true. But I think it's also interesting to look from Jesus' perspective because he had to leave his comfort zone and the city in order to go. In order to heal those lepers, he went to the leper colony, which was, was, was separate yeah. um, and, and uncomfortable, frankly. And so I think part of one of the things that I learned is I, I can't just expect people to come to me or relationships to come to me. I need to be actively pursuing connection with other people. I need to go out of my way, even when it's uncomfortable, even when it's unfamiliar, um, to, to make connections and, and tell people about Jesus. Amen. Amen. Uh, Amberly, I've got about a minute and a half left. I prepared a couple of bonus yes. questions for you because knowing that you are a, a fellow uh, uh, member of the, of the uh, Rebel Alliance in Star Wars, yes, I've got a couple of questions. I want to see if you can make um, all your fellow Rebel Alliance members proud here. So are, are you are, are you going to? Are you going to embarrass me in Jesus' name right here on the radio? <laughs> <laughs> well, you, well, no. I'd like right, to right. If, just think of it this: if you don't know the answer, then it's education, right? And that's good. That's good for everybody. No. Mm-hmm. All right. So here, t- tell me if you know this one: who is the only non-Jedi in the original Star Wars trilogy that used a lightsaber? Is it R two D two, Han Solo, or Princess Leia? Who is the only original from the original series who used the lightsaber? The only non-Jedi, mm-hmm. R2D2, Han Solo, or Princess Leia? Mm-hmm. I Chihuahua, I should know this, <laughs> and I don't. I'm so sorry. I'm a I'm a big loser. That's all so right. Sorry. I don't remember. Who that's, was it? That's all right. It was Han Solo. He used Luke's lightsaber, lightsaber in The Empire Strikes oh, yeah. Back really quick and uh, killed go. one of the Tauntauns with it. Uh, to give that was oh, when yes. uh, you know when Luke was on Hoth, he was in the snow and needed warmth, and that's when. Uh, that's what he says. I thought they smelled bad. There you go. On the outside. See, yes. you knew it. You knew it. All right. <laughs> and right there, friends, this is an example of how we find common ground with others. Okay. <laughs> Indeed. Andrew. If all else fails, go back to the Star Wars. No. Um, that's right. Absolutely. But no, uh, Amberly, thank you so much for being a uh, part of the program today. And, and, and in, in all seriousness, uh, I want to make sure everybody knows uh, how they can find you and how they can get your books, because I think they'd be very helpful right now. Uh, give us a website where we can find uh, your studies. Of course. So uh, AmberlyNeese.com, A-M-B-E-R-L-Y-N-E-E-S-E.com is my website where you can get connections to all the books. Also, they're available on Amazon, any of your uh, online booksellers, they are there as one well of possibly your local booksellers. So uh, it would be fantastic. And thank you so much, Andrew, for filling in for uh, Bill, but mostly thanks for continuing to do great ministry. Amen. We appreciate that. Happy to do it. Amberly Neese, thank you so much for being a part of the Bill Bunkley program here today. Uh, that's going to do it for hour one. We have hour two coming up in just a little bit. Stick around. Lots more to come on the Bill Bunkley show. Don't go away. Before you have the problem, she sees the best in you and you feel like you're worst. So in the questionnaire, don't ever doubt is the point. Hey travelers, do you want to save money on your next flight? Then pick up the phone and call. That's right. 
call because the best prices are not online. They're with SmartFares. See, SmartFares has special deals with the airlines. When they have unsold seats, they use SmartFares to fill them. So you get airline tickets at ridiculously low prices. Our prices are too low to publish online. With the extra money you'll save, you can book another trip or treat yourself to dinner or shopping. So stop searching all of those travel sites to find the lowest price on your next flight. Let one of our SmartFares expert travel agents find ridiculously low prices for you. Call SmartFares today and get the best price on your next flight. Guaranteed. Also, save up to 50% off business and first-class tickets. 800-296-1432. 800-296-1432. 800-296-1432. That's 800-296-1432. WTBN Pinellas Park. W262CP Bayonet Point. Brought to you by Moss Nissan. Simply the best Nissan dealership around. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. President Biden is meeting with the top Republican negotiator on infrastructure, Senator Shelley Moore Capito. Time running out to strike a bipartisan deal. Senate Republican leader Mitch McConnell said tapping unspent COVID-19 aid is key to reaching a deal. The president has already sized up that offer as unworkable. The administration says the deadline is June 7th. Democrats locked in a battle over the issue of military justice reform. Bob Agnew has more. The issue pits New York Senator Kirsten Gillibrand against Army veteran and Senate Armed Services Committee Chairman Senator Jack Reed of Rhode Island. Reed favors a more narrow reform that would take military sexual assault cases out of the chain of command and assign them to independent military prosecutors. Gillibrand's would do the same but is also much broader in scope. It's won support from several Republicans, including veteran Joni Ernst of Iowa. Gillibrand says her bill, in fact, enjoys so much support from Republicans, it would easily win passage once it's allowed to vote by Majority Leader Charles Schumer. Bob Agner reporting. Also at SRNews.com, New Mexico State Representative Melanie Stansberry, a Democrat on Tuesday, defeated New Mexico Republican State Senator Mark Moores in a special election to fill the House seat formerly held by Interior Secretary Deb Holland. The special election in New Mexico's first congressional district was seen as an early test of both parties' strengths ahead of the 2020 midterm elections. Stansberry, an environmental consultant who was elected to the State House in 2018, leaned heavily on her science background to cast herself as a champion for New Mexico's natural resources. But the race also spotlighted an issue that Democrats fear could emerge as a weak point for them next year, crime. Throughout the race, Moores repeatedly painted Stansberry as unsupportive of law enforcement and campaigned against surging crime rates, including the rising homicide rate in Albuquerque. Bernie Bennett reporting. Ahead of the uh, closing bell now, the Dow is up five points, the Nasdaq eight points higher. This is SRN News. Having your thinking about life insurance, did you know in just a few minutes you can find the best price from up to 10 price competitive companies for free? You can with SelectQuote. For example, George is 39. He was getting sky-high quotes from other companies because he takes meds to control his blood pressure. But when I shopped around, I found him a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $22 a month. I'm SelectQuote agent Dan Savino, and believe me, If SelectQuote isn't shopping for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 800-494-2323. That's 800-494-2323. 800-494-2323. Or go to SelectQuote.com. Since 1985, we shop, you save. 
Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your price could vary depending on your health, issuing company, and other factors. Not available in all states. American legal scholars issue a warning about Finland. The government in Helsinki has leveled criminal charges against a former politician and a bishop of the Evangelical Lutheran Church of Finland for making public statements criticizing homosexuality. In an open letter, scholars from a number of American schools, including Harvard and Yale, are urging the State Department to sanction Finland for its actions. The legal experts say Finland's clergy and laity are being asked to choose between prison and abandoning their faith. Michael Harrington, SRN News. Celebrities, including a Netflix star and a fashion model, are among the board members who have launched an effort in Poland to promote homosexuality. The Equiversity Foundation says it will seek international donations to fund LGBT organizations already working on the ground in the country. Under its conservative government, Poland has taken a strong stand against the homosexual agenda. This is SRN News. Odyssey. There's a lot going on right now, and broadcasters are on the ground. Someone needs to tell you what's going on around the world and in our hometowns. And that someone is us. We are free radio. We are broadcasters. Visit wearebroadcasters.com or text radio to 52886 to learn more. Furnished by NAB and this station. When you call Cornerstone Pros to service your AC, plumbing, electrical, or generator, rest assured that with Cornerstone, trust is a must. You wouldn't allow just anyone in your home. And Cornerstone Pros doesn't let just anyone join their team. Cornerstone Pros employs only the best technicians. Each one has been background checked, drug tested, and professionally trained to certify their skills before they ever step foot in your home. Learn more at cornerstonepros.com. That's cornerstonepros.com. Strength Between Sundays. Faith Talk 570 and 910. Online at letstalkfaith.com. And welcome back to the Bill Bunkley Show. Andrew Southwick, morning host at Faith Talk, filling in for the Watchman on the Wall, Bill Bunkley. And I want to welcome our listeners, Sarasota listeners on 930 AM, The Answer, to Hour 2 of the Bill Bunkley Show. We're talking today about why origins matter. And, of course, if if you have uh, seen any of the news recently, the origin of the virus has come in back into center stage and even some of the the uh, the theories on the virus's origin itself have now all of a sudden we're allowed to talk about them in public where for almost a year we weren't because the origin of something matters you know at the beginning of this pandemic i i uh, my family and i my wife and i we have five kids and i had i i started to develop anxiety before the pandemic hit which was terrible timing to to have anxiety because all of a sudden now we go into this, this pandemic and this virus comes out and we have no idea which end is up and everything is shutting down and, and, and the streets were, were, were ghost town all around. And my wife and I were, you know, like everybody, like you trying to figure out, okay, well, what's the truth of this situation? What are we, what are we dealing with here? And of course, in the beginning, we had no idea, but then, you know, we're, we're looking to, our leaders, we're looking to um, uh, uh, news and, and, and media and so on, our, our sources of information to tell, us, to tell us the truth so that we can navigate through this. We wanted the truth. 
We all did. You wanted the truth. I wanted the truth. Why was it so hard to get it, do you think? Even though there were some things at the beginning that we knew. Remember, at the very beginning, uh, we, we, we were told, actually, from, there was an art, the article in the New England Journal of Medicine, and even, even Dr. Fauci uh, you know, uh, w- w- affirmed it as well, that, well, the, the COVID-19 was going to be like a bad seasonal flu. It's going to uh, largely target the elderly. Uh, kids are not really at risk. Uh, we, we had all these things. You remember masks didn't work, so on and so forth, until they did, until they didn't, until they kind of did. And, and w- what was the truth? And even though that we knew some truth, or as the truth came out because we would see the real-time data, we would see the real-time effects, and, and y- y- you know, you can see with your own eyes what's going on and make those, uh, make those decisions and choices in your life. But even though as the truth came out, more and more of it came out, we weren't allowed to live by the truth in large part. And why is this? M- my suggestion is that there's that too many people in charge of our response as a nation and, and in, in many states. I know here in Florida, we, you know, Governor DeSantis was very strong uh, in, in the COVID response. But too many uh, people in charge of our responses decided it was in our best interest uh, to, to just keep moving the goalposts and lying over and over again, even though they knew the truth from the beginning. And, 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 and more and more, we, we are learning that the truth, more truth was known from the beginning than what was disseminated or, or shared with us. And then, of course, as we begin to see the data come in and, and, and we want to make Wise, wise and safe decisions. You know, I, I think many. I think we all would agree. We don't want to endanger anybody. We we don't want to make anybody sick. We 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 don't want anyone to die. We don't want to be a burden to people. But we do want to know the truth, and we understand that in everything in life there is going to be risk, and and everyone needs to evaluate that individually. And many of us we we do take into consideration that that. Yeah, I'm going to evaluate my risk, but I'm also going to evaluate what what yours would be just because I consider you. But the origin of the virus matters. Why is that? Well, if the virus was, as we were told, for the better part of a year and a half, naturally occurring, that it was a product of spillover from bats to humans. So spillover is, you know, is, is, is how the virus mutates across species, goes through an interme- intermediary species, and then into human beings. What's the spillover potential? Okay? How does it spill over from one species to another? If it was a product of that and it was a naturally occurring virus, then we could also see that it was a, a, one, of, a, one of the family of coronaviruses. And... A hundred years, roughly, of, of, of virology and immunology and, and study in, in those ways since we've had germ theory and so on would tell us certain things about how the virus was going to behave and, and, and what we could expect going forward. That matters. That factors into our risk calculation. But on the other hand, if this is a virus that exists nowhere in nature, if, if this is a virus that came from a lab that was leaked from the uh, Wuhan Institute of Virology, if this was a virus that was brought to maturity through gain-of-function research, and I know you have heard that term a lot, gain-of-function just means they're adding function to something. It is gaining function, gaining an ability that it does not have and did not have previously for whatever reason. 
very controversial. Why is that research very controversial? Because you are bringing something into existence that did not previously exist that's probably dangerous to human beings. And we can see that clearly now. We don't know where the gain-of-function uh, research lines were drawn or if they were drawn or what, and those may be things we, we never know. But the origin of the virus matters because if this is something that doesn't exist in nature and now all of a sudden it's out and, and really the, the, the powers that be don't know what to expect in its mutations, well, then that's a different risk calculation, isn't it? But we had to argue over and over, back and forth, and, 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 and we tried to ask these questions, and we were silenced. And then finally, when we start to get some, uh, some hearings on the matter, when, when we start to, to hear from the source, we still get denials. Play cut one. Dr. Fauci, do you still support funding of the NIH funding of the lab in Wuhan? Senator Paul, with all due respect, you are entire, entirely and completely incorrect that the NIH has not ever and does not now fund gain-of-function research in the Wuhan Institute Do they fund of Dr. Barrick? We do not fund... Do you fund gain, Dr. Barrick's gain-of-function research? D- Dr. Barrett does not doing gain-of-function research, and if it is, it's according to the guidelines, and it is being conducted in North Carolina. You don't think in China. Now, you hear that? That was an exchange between Rand Paul, Senator Rand Paul, and Dr. Anthony Fauci about the funding of -of gain-of-function research and the question of it in in the Wuhan lab because it has been reported, and we can see in some reports when you add it together, that as much as $7 million went from Dr. Fauci's NIH uh, ultimately to the Wuhan lab um, uh, and to the Dana function research efforts from Dr. Barrett, as you heard Rand Paul talking about, through a company called EcoHealth. Now, some, <clears throat> excuse me, some emails came out today that add that fill in a few of these gaps, and I want to I want to share with you a little bit of that because if we are to trust the information we get, then just like the virus origin matters, where our information is coming from matters, and why that source of information is telling us this that matters. Because again, it factors into our re- it factors into actual reality. This this is an email from April 2020 to Dr. Fauci from Peter Dazak, who is a part of EcoHealth. Now to follow the chain. Now remember that the the exchange that we just played from uh, Rand Paul and Dr. Fauci was from just a few weeks ago, but so much has transpired that there, Fauci came back again and later and admitted, yes, we funded uh, and we funded the Wuhan lab, and he even defended. Did you notice in that clip, he said we, we didn't fund Wuhan. It, it, if there was any gain of function, it was all in North Carolina, even though just in the, in the few words prior to saying there was no gain of function, he said, no, categorically there isn't gain of function. But if it is, we did it here, and we did it according to guidelines. That, that's what he said, and we did it in North Carolina. But later on, a couple of weeks later, Fauci would come out and say, well, yes, if, if you want to study these things, you've got to go where the source is. You've got to go where the action is, i.e. Wuhan. Now these emails are coming out, filling in some information, because the, we, we have to wonder with as many positions as Dr. Fauci has had over the past year that contradict what's going on, because Dr. Fauci, more than any single human being, has affected our policy in this country and affected, and his policies have affected the lives of I would, just about everybody in the world. By extension. So this is from Peter Daszak, EcoHealth, April 2020, to Dr. Fauci, a piece of it. It says, quote, 
I, Peter Dazak, just wanted to say a personal thank you on behalf of our staff and collaborators for publicly standing up and stating that the scientific evidence supports COVID-19 from bat to human spillover, not a lab release from the Wuhan Institute of Virology. From my perspective, your comments are brave and coming from your trusted voice will help dispel the myths being spun around the virus origins, unquote. That was, again, to Anthony Fauci in April 2020. Now, go back a little further. Here's an email from February 21st uh, and 22nd. The email from February 21st was addressed to Dr. Fauci, and it is from a Cornell uh, Medical School graduate, an associate professor of dermatology, some of this is redacted, but it says this, we have begun following the, this again, this is from February. So that what I, what I just read to you was from April. This is two months before that Dr. Fauci received this same, this email. We've been following the coronavirus pandemic closely. And a few days ago became alarmed at the news that the Chinese government is sterilizing their paper money from the Hubei province. We think there is a possibility that this virus was released from a lab in Wuhan, the biotech area of China. We also think the virus might be complex with another organism, such as a yeast or fungus, to make it more sticky. We would like to discuss this with you further. We feel that immediate action must be taken by the United States scientists to try to neutralize this threat. Dr. Fauci replied, forwarding this to his staff with a two-word reply, please handle, as in handle this. Well, that's in February. But the trail doesn't end there. You can go back to the end of January, and you will see additional emails looking for clues to the virus origin and saying, you know, we need to look critically at this quote from an email. We should know much more at the end of the weekend, but we should mention Eddie, Bob, Mike, and myself all find the genome inconsistent with expectations from evolutionary theory. Translation. This virus does not look like it naturally mutated in nature. This virus does not look like it naturally mutated in nature. These were questions that Dr. Fauci at least knew about as early as January. And by April 2020, he's being thanked by EcoHealth. Now, remember, EcoHealth was kind of the, 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 the funnel through which money was given to Wuhan. So it went from the NIH to North Carolina to EcoHealth and then over to Wuhan. So, of course, if you are one of the people that are, one of, are a part of the organization that funded the Wuhan Institute of Virology that may be on the hook for, for uh, leaking this virus, this plague, this poison onto the world, of course, you're going to be glad when uh, your, your director and, and, and the funder, rather, not the director of EcoHealth, but one of the chief funders, or at least the one who signed off on the funding, who would have had to, is standing up for the idea that, well, no, this didn't, this wasn't your fault, this wasn't our fault, this wasn't the fault of the research, this was naturally occurring, except the those in the know were worried about a natural occurrence as much as three months earlier. And we already know that that was three months, or excuse me, two months after three of the scientists in Wuhan got sick, before it got out, and all of a sudden, here we go, and this drip, drip, drip of information comes out. Now, I have some questions about this. These are important questions that need to be answered, and I think there are questions that you may have too. So when we come back on the Bill Bunkley Show, we're going we're gonna to pose those questions. And we've got some more audio as well because the, where this virus comes from matters, and not only for how we assess the risk, but for how we go forward to hopefully ensure that these kind of things don't happen again. You're listening to the Bill Bunkley Show. I'm Andrew Southwick filling in for the Watchman on the Wall. Don't go away. 
This is Hugh Hewitt for Town Hall Review. If you're like me, you want more than just facts. You want insight from people you trust. People like Dennis Prager, Michael Bedved, Larry Elder, Mike Gallagher, and of course me, your host each week on the Town Hall Review, a weekly roundup of the news. Tune in each week and visit our website at townhallreview.com. That's townhallreview.com. The Town Hall Weekend Review, Sunday mornings at 4 and again Sunday night at 10 on Faith Talk 570 and AM 910 WTBN. Moss Nissan is simply the best around when it comes to servicing and maintaining your vehicles. From the moment you walk through the doors, you'll notice the difference. Our staff is like family, and we look forward to treating you and your vehicle as a part of that family. Our technicians are factory trained, and we work on all makes and models. From basic oil changes to full-blown restorations, we have you covered. And now we offer extended service hours and drop-off pickup services as well, so you can have your vehicle serviced on your schedule. Moss Nissan, whatever it takes. I want to tell you about my good friends at ACS Home Services. All you have to do is make one phone call at 813-544-2467, and you know what? One call does it all with ACS. Whether it's your air conditioning unit, your heating, your electrical, maybe you've got problems with windows and doors, they do a lot more than just come out and service your central heat and air. They are your go-to specialist that I went to, and I'm going to tell you, you need to go to. And by the way, if it's something that happens after hours, emergency services are available 24-7, and there's not an after-hour charge. Your air conditioning is about to get cranked up for the summer. Get that maintenance check today. Call right now, 813-544-2467, 813-544-2467, or go to their website right now at acshomeservices.com. That's acshomeservices.com. And again, tell them Bill Bunkley sent you. Show Andrew Southwick, morning host of Faith Talk 57910, filling in for Bill Bunkley here this afternoon. Glad to be here because there are some really important questions that we need answered. Some really important questions that we need answered because certainly we we know that sometimes outbreaks happen. We're talking about why our origin stories matter, why the virus's origin story matters, why the the origin of the information that we get, why that matters. Because it affects our lives directly. It affects how we make decisions. It affects how we assess our risk. And clearly we can see it affects uh, our, our policies, both at a state and national level. But there are some questions that we need answered. And I don't know if we're going to get answers to any of these questions. But when you hear uh, what's coming out of recent days, because remember, again, for almost a year and a half, when anybody dared to post on Facebook, hey, I wonder if this virus came out of a lab, we were slapped with either misinformation label, and and, and many people um, uh, had their accounts suspended, they were put in Facebook jail, they were put in YouTube jail, or perhaps uh, they were banned altogether in some instances. Uh, and and our, our technocratic overlords at uh, Twitter and, and, and Facebook, YouTube, uh, all work together to make sure that, that these questions were never asked, that the, that the information and the evidence was never presented. Well, all of a sudden now, what has changed? Why now is it okay? Well, for one reason, 
the federal government said it's okay. And, and while it's a conversation for another day, it is a, a an ominous sign when all of a sudden we're allowed to say things in the public square because the government says it's okay. But that's for another day. As it were, the truth of the matter was getting to be such that it, it couldn't be hid anymore. Play cut two. These kinds of lab leaks happen all the time, uh, actually. Even here in the United States, we've had mishaps. And in China, the last six known outbreaks of SARS-1 have been out of labs, including the last known outbreak, which was a pretty um, extensive outbreak that China initially wouldn't disclose that it came out of lab. It was only further, it was only disclosed finally by some journalists who were able to trace that outbreak back to a laboratory. So it's important to understand what the possibility is that this came out of a lab so we could focus more international attention on trying to get better uh, inventories around these labs, what they're doing, better security, make sure they're properly built. Yes. Did this come out of a lab? Because remember, if this virus is synthetic, if this virus doesn't exist anywhere in the, in the known uh, world and nature that, that we occupy and can, and can study and see. Well, then we might have a different calculus to deal with. Here are some questions I think need to be asked. You remember, we flip-flopped on masks, and now, look, objectively, I understand that masks are a comfort for many people, and we are dealing with anxiety and all kinds of things. I am not anti-mask. I am not anti-vaccine. I say that now. Because, But I do have questions about masks, or at least our directions. I, I do have questions about the vaccine, okay? But I, I'm not anti those things. I'm anti-nonsense. I'm certainly anti-being lied to. Here's some questions. Why were we mandated to wear masks when every study that we can find that was randomized, controlled, and double-blind and everything else, including a study in the midst of the pandemic, showed that masks had very little, at the maximum, a 1% effect on stopping the spread of COVID-19. Why were we mandated to wear them? Here's another question. Why were masks suggested when the evidence of their ineffectiveness was available from the very beginning? In other words... Say you're you're uh, you're about to, to to head onto the battlefield, and and you have a a formidable foe, and you you can you have your choice of weaponry, you have your choice of of defense. You know, would you would you pass up a shield that is strong, like you know a Captain America shield? Would you would you pass up that shield in favor of bringing you know the throw pillow from your couch and thinking that that's going to stop uh, the attack from coming? Well, that was effectively what happened. We, we knew that, that masks really didn't have a, an actual effectiveness in stopping the virus, yet we were told that's what we had to use. We, we, we heard uh, from uh, CD, then CDC Director Robert Redfield that the mask was going to be better than the vaccine, but they knew they didn't work. Why would they send us out? Why would we be sent out into battle with ineffective tools? Just wondering. Another question, why were we? As American citizens, not given the benefit of the doubt that we would pull together and do the right things to win the battle against COVID. This could have been, I think, a great opportunity, if not for the political division and nonsense that happened about five seconds after it got started. One of, I think, my my great laments is that this wasn't an opportunity for us to come together and really show what we could be as, as a nation. You You remember the reason why Dr. Fauci said that he lied to us about masks in the first place? Because remember in March, I believe it was March 26th, that he gave that interview and said, you don't need to wear masks. 
and uh, they might block a droplet, but they, they won't be effective because the virus particles are too small. And then came out later and said, yes, we need to. And the reason he gave was because he didn't want us to, to, to buy them all up and, 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 uh, and so that our medical workers and first responders uh, wouldn't be able to use them. But, but if you think you need to lie to me because you think I am such a jerk, that I'm so unloving, that I'm so that I'm unable to, to critically think and understand that wow, we need to give the frontline soldiers the very best. If you think if you think so little of me that I would take from them, hmm. here's another question: Why were there no or virtually no messaging regarding preventative measures the whole way through? You know, ways that we can strengthen our immune system, ways of, of early treatment that, that, that prevents death from COVID. Why were, these, why were these measures either silenced or squelched or pushed into a corner or not allowed to be talked about at all? It was the mask, vaccine, or bust. And you remember when the vaccine came out, it was still the mask or bust. I got to take a deep breath here real quick. <laughs> about the vaccine. If the vaccine is as good as advertised. Why are we paying people now to take it? You, if something is good, you don't have to pay me to partake. I, I, I would like to be a part of it, you know? It's, it's, it's sort of like, you know, if there's, if there, well, basically, like, you know, if, if there's a giant pizza buffet line, you don't have to ask me twice. I'm there. You know, you don't have to pay me to do it. If you do, great. But why are we paying and, and, and giving uh, uh, cash incentives and prizes and all kinds of stuff. You had de Blasio giving off hamburgers in New York. Uh, you, you, you have uh, Governor DeWine in Ohio setting up a lottery. You can win a million dollars for taking the vaccine. Why do, you, why do we need to pay people to take it? I, I just, I'm not saying it doesn't work. I'm not saying it's not effective. I'm not saying it's not a good thing that we made it. I'm just wondering why. One more question. If the vaccine is as important as advertised, why did we just uh, block the Biden administration's effort to limit vaccine accessibility to only minorities in some parts of the country? Like, for example, you remember that President Biden came out and said that those who do not get the vaccine are going to pay the price. Yet only a couple of weeks later, he pushes forth potential legislation uh, that would that would discriminate vaccine dispersion uh, or, or uh, on the basis of skin color. So what does that mean? That means you're going to have white people that didn't take the virus, that didn't take the vaccine, that are going to pay the price. Is that what you're saying? Is that okay? Is that an acceptable casualty? I don't think so. Well, we are just scratching the surface here. When we come back in the Bill Bunkley Show, we've got more audio sound bites, and we're going to get into just who is Dr. Anthony Fauci. I'm Andrew Southwick, sitting in for your watchman on the wall. You are listening to the Bill Bunkley Show. We'll be right back. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. The world's leading scientists say COVID-19 vaccines may offer lasting protection that diminishes the need for frequent booster shots. That's according to scientists who are finding clues in how the body remembers viruses, but they say more research is needed and that virus mutations are still a wild card. Alabama Governor Kay Ivey announcing she's running for another full term as governor. She uh, emphasized that her administration's investment in infrastructure, job creation, the state's recovery from the COVID pandemic, and its low unemployment rate makes her a good bet for governor. 
The former CEO of Make-A-Wish Iowa, Jennifer Woodley, pleading guilty to charges of embezzling. Stocks ending higher, the Dow gained 25 points, the Nasdaq up 19, and the S&P 500 was higher 6 points. This is SRN News. If you owe back taxes, there's a lot you need to know, starting with rule number one. Don't mess with the IRS. They are cracking down this year by sending out heart-stopping letters, actively garnishing paychecks, levying bank accounts, and putting liens on homes and businesses. That's all true, but it's also true there's a way out. It's called the Fresh Start Initiative, an important government program for tax debt assistance. It's one of the biggest breaks the IRS has ever offered, so now's the time. You could qualify for tax relief that saves you thousands, even tens of thousands. Nobody knows this program like the award-winning experts at Optima Tax Relief. They have an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau and will fight to get you the best deal possible. Don't mess with the IRS. For tax help you need, for tax help you can trust, call Optima now for a free consultation. Call 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. Tax Relief. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. How can you draw closer to God and increase your knowledge of His Word? Start today at BibleStudyTools.com. By reading four chapters a day, you'll read the entire Bible in less than a year. Or pick a specific topic, such as the life of Christ or the New Testament. Choose among more than 20 free Bible reading plans from 45 to 100 days. BibleStudyTools.com lets you choose your favorite translation. Track your progress and grow your faith online at BibleStudyTools.com. What if I told you that you could start relieving your joint discomfort in just a few days? You'd have every right to be skeptical, especially if you've been disappointed by joint supplements in the past that fail to give you the relief you need. So we're going to prove it to you by sending you a complimentary two-week sample of fast-acting Instaflex, the number one selling joint supplement at GNC. Instaflex is number one at GNC because it can start relieving your joint discomfort in just a few days. And right now, we're offering adults a complimentary two-week sample as part of a nationwide giveaway. Call and claim your sample today. 1-800-608-9926. Fast-acting Instaflex is great for your knees, hands, even your hips, and it starts relieving your discomfort in just a few days. Instaflex is available at GNC, Rite Aid Pharmacies, and Vitamin World. But you can only get your complimentary two-week sample by calling 1-800-608-9926. Call now for your two-week Instaflex sample. 1-800-608-9926. 1-800-608-9926. Cornerstone Pros. You don't allow just anyone into your home, and Cornerstone Pros doesn't let just anyone join their team. Cornerstone Pros technicians are the best of the best. Background checked, drug tested, and professionally trained to certify skills and dependability. Servicing air conditioners, plumbing, electrical, and generators. Call 813-291-0522. For service like it ought to be, fair, fast, and friendly, call Cornerstone Pros. And we are back here in the Bill Bunkley Show, right in the middle of hour two here. Andrew Southwick, the morning host over at Faith Talk, and filling in for Bill Bunkley. And before I get going, I want to remind you, you know, because there's so many things that go on, so many things that we cover here on the program and we, and we talk about that, you know, I know we don't have time to take it all in, but maybe, maybe you want to do that. I want to remind you that uh, you can download 
our, our station app. You can download the app for or the Answer Sarasota or for our Faith Talk listeners. You can download Faith Talk and 570, uh, Faith Talk 570 and 910 mobile apps, and you can listen on the go. You can visit the Apple App Store, the Google Play Store, or you can find it at our website, theanswersarasota.com and letstalkfaith.com. And while you're there, uh, we have our archives of the Bill Bunkley Show and my morning show, Strength Between Sundays. You can find that by going to letstalkfaith.com and clicking on Program Guide, and then you'll find the shows listed there. We just want to make sure that you don't miss anything because it's important. And as with as much information as, as that is floating around, it's important that you have access to the truth. And, of course, we bring that truth to you from a, a conservative and from a, a Christian perspective because we believe truth comes from God. And, and we want to bring that truth in, in, in clear, plain as day language to you. And it is a privilege to be able to do that. We're talking about the origin of this COVID virus. And we, we, we talked about how it's important that we know what the, what the origin of the virus is because that affects how we, how we determine what our risk might be. That affects maybe some of the measures we might take to protect and, and, and battle back against it. But also the origin of the information. And for as much as we know there is political theater and all kinds of stuff going on, Dr. Anthony Fauci has been the face of the COVID-19 response, at least in America, and you could arguably say uh, in many places around the, uh, around the world, following at least his lead in information. And so it's also important to know, well, who is he? What, who, who, are, we, who are we dealing with? Here's some things that, that we know. We know that Dr. Fauci and the NIH department funded research on bat coronaviruses in North Carolina. We know that. He said as much when he uh, testified in, in, uh, in Congress and Rand Paul was questioning him. We know that money was sent to EcoHealth, which came from NIH, which in turn directly funded Wuhan's lab research on bat coronaviruses. This just came out in, in the past uh, few days. We know that, that Fauci did these things. We know then he said that he didn't. We played that audio uh, at the top of the hour. And then in the same sen sentence, we know that Dr. Fauci said if he did fund gain of function, it was only under the approved guidelines. And we know that even more recently, even since that, which was only a few weeks ago, that Dr. Fauci admitted the funding of, of the research of the bat coronaviruses that went to the Wuhan laboratory by saying that he had to do the research or the research was necessary because of SARS-1. And with how dangerous SARS-1 was, I believe his quote was, uh, they'd be derelict of their duties if they didn't continue to uh, do the research. That's interesting because we also know that President Obama placed a moratorium on gain-of-function research. And now, and we know that in 2017, Dr. Fauci was at least a part of restarting this research, and 2017 was now under Trump. We know that Fauci's gone back and forth about masks. We know he admitted to doing so because he thought we, as the citizens of America, would not be considerate and that we would take all the masks and hoard them up and leave all our medical personnel twisting in the wind. We also know that from recent reports that scientists have not been successful in growing COVID-19 in bats lately. 
So remember, they said it came from a bat in Wuhan, this bat that lived, what, four or 600 miles away from the Wuhan, uh, from the wet market, rather, which, of course, was a stone's throw from the Wuhan lab. And we were originally uh, asked to believe that a bat from 600 miles away flew straight to the market and uh, ate a pangolin there. And then somebody bought the pangolin, went home and ate that. And now we have a pandemic on our hands. However, scientists so far have not been successful in growing the COVID-19 as it exists in bats. Which is interesting because if the bats carried this to people, shouldn't the virus be able to grow in bats? I don't know. I'm not a virologist. We also know. That no intermediary species containing a mutated COVID-19 have been found anywhere in nature. By intermediary species, it means, you know how we're seeing all these variants now? Because what, what virology does teach us, and again, I'm not, I'm not a virologist, but this is what I have learned in, in research and, and what is, you can learn as well. Viruses mutate. And, and most often, when they mutate, they become more transmissible but less potent. Okay, so for example, you know, viruses like the Spanish flu from 100 years ago, we talked a lot, we've talked a lot about that. The, uh, that mutated down and eventually became a cold or, or what have you. And there are families of coronaviruses that we all have had, and, and they at one time were more potent and now are not. So when you talk about finding an intermediary species, they're, they're, that same mutation should have occurred in nature before the virus jumped to human beings. You would think that. And you would think that if those mutations happened in nature, that there would be some kind of forensic vir- vir- virological evidence that points us to that way, to that end. However, no intermediary species containing a mutated COVID-19 have been found anywhere in nature. Uh, I want to go ahead. Uh, in the last segment, or excuse me, two segments ago, we, we played uh, Scott Gottlieb, former FDA commissioner, talking about the possible lab leak. I want to play Texas Representative Michael McCall on the Wuhan lab leak and a possible cover-up. Play cut three. You know, I do think it's more likely than not it emerged out of the lab, most likely uh, accidentally. It was just declassified. The three of the researchers were actually hospitalized in November of 2019 with a, a flu-like symptoms consistent with COVID. Uh, that was suppressed by the Chinese Communist Party. Um, since that time in, in December, they silenced and detained the doctors uh, who were reporting a SARS-like virus, which under international health regulations had to be reported within 24 hours. They went and destroyed lab samples. They wouldn't admit it was human to human. And then working with the WHO failed to report to the world that we had a local local epidemic that was now going into a global pandemic. They were studying corona-like viruses from bats, genetically mutating them, and then trying to develop a vaccine for what would be a next wave of a SARS-like virus, almost precisely what COVID-19 is. Hmm. You know, when you, when you look at this and then you see, and we, we have heard and we have experienced all the ways the information has changed back and forth and the directives have changed back and forth and the truth seems to, uh, or excuse me, the science seems to evolve, right? And we saw the devastation in country after country. Many of us uh, have had COVID ourselves and, and, and perhaps we know somebody who was, was very sick or even somebody who's, whose life was, was, was claimed because of COVID-19. 
You know, of all the things that, that I've seen and heard Dr. Fauci do, and I, I'm not, I, it, it just seems to me that, that he's more concerned with, with the virus than, than, than with the devastation of the people. And when I am looking to someone for guidance and for wisdom, I, if they're more concerned about the problem than me, it, it, it does cause me a little bit of pause. Now, I'm, I'm, just, I'm speaking for myself right here. These, these are some of the questions that I have. Because I do think that, that origins matter. Where things come from matters. If we're getting information uh, how to protect a virus, but from someone who had a hand in making the virus in the first place, well, you know, I, I don't know. And clearly that, that hasn't been consistent information over a period of time. And now, and now as more information comes out, as the emails come out from early 2020, and we see that Dr. Fauci was aware of, of many of the things that we had questions about, and they're honest questions. They're honest questions. We just want to know the truth. We just want to know the truth. Yet it, it would seem that, Dr. Fauci was more interested in the virus and what the virus was going to do than what we the people needed to do. Especially because we were told that, that all we had to arm ourselves with was a face mask. That every study in the world ever shows doesn't work. Hmm. I'm not accusing. I'm just asking a question. I'm asking a question. What, what, when, when you talk about gain of function and people bringing, people working to bring a virus into existence that doesn't yet exist, you got to think, what are we doing? Why would anyone do that? I, I got one more uh, audio sound, but I want you to hear. This is Mike Pompeo on the, on the Wuhan Lab League. Go ahead and play cut four. The Chinese came out very hard. They wanted to make clear that this didn't come from their laboratory. Indeed, you'll remember too, Dana, they at one point pointed to the United States as the source of this virus. They were doing everything they could to cover up and to deflect. Look, the Chinese Communist Party was actively engaged in viral research at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. While I can't prove it, every piece of evidence, and you've seen scientists today come out saying we need more investigation, every piece of evidence points to a leak from this laboratory. That's the, it's all circumstantial to be sure. The people who could clean this up, the people who could answer these questions have refused to do so. The Chinese Communist Party knows where this came from. They know who patient zero was. They knew so many things about this virus, about its origin, about how it came to be, about what it was, about how it was engineered. And we know it was engineered. We know this. I, I mean, we, we can say, okay, legally, Politically, perhaps, we, we, there, there is more evidence yet to be, but anybody who, who has two eyes and, and who has at least three functioning brain cells, I believe, can look at this and say, my goodness, it, do, it, it, it's a, it takes a lot greater faith for me to think that a bat from 600 miles away flew 600 miles to a wet market that just happened to be a stone's throw from a, from a, a virology lab that was working on the very same coronavirus that that bat that flew 600 miles to that wet market uh, infected. Hmm. You know, I I want to I want to ask I want to pose one more question and I want to offer I do want to offer a takeaway because you know we hear all these things and it's overwhelming and it, it can be frightening and 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 
and we've had enough frightening. We've had enough anxiety. We, we, we've had enough not knowing. I, I, I want to I wanna offer at least a suggestion for something that I think we can know and something that, that I, I believe we do know. And, and, and if we would just acknowledge this truth, I think we would get a lot further and we'd be a lot safer as a people, both nationally, but, but also around the world. Because these kinds of things, when, 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 you, are, when you are manipulating a, a virus to, to bring it into existence, to see what's going to happen and how we would find it, well, wait a minute, did you ever stop to think maybe there's a reason why it's not infecting people in the first place? And maybe just maybe there's an order and a design to that that, that maybe we shouldn't mess with? I want to talk about that when we come back. I am Andrew Southwick filling in for Bill Bunkley. You are listening to The Bill Bunkley Show, and we are going to be right back. Don't go anywhere. Lots more to come. Before we go, I want to make sure I remind you of this. With Father's Day coming up, if you would like to give your dad the ultimate Father's Day gift, you could win him $1,000 in cash. All you got to do is enter to win at TheAnswerSarasota.com, TheAnswerSarasota.com, or letstalkfaith.com letstalkfaith.com enter to win and you can win $1,000 for your dad this Father's Day make it a happy one don't go away Bill Bunkley Show coming right back this is Charles Osgood for Exergen you know when our five kids were growing up someone was always getting sick but when you tried to take anybody's temperature all chaos would break out when you're struggling with a fussy squirmy kid there's no value in those old fashioned thermometers we used to use now my grandkids have it easy. The Exergen Temporal Scanner has changed all that. Just swipe it over the forehead and you get a fast, accurate reading. You don't even have to wake them up. And it's so easy, even Grandpa can do it. Now that's what I call real value. Register now for the Somebody Cares Tampa Bay Men's Conference on Saturday, June 5th from 8.30 to 2 at Indian Rocks Baptist Church. Hear speakers like Bucks quarterback coach Clyde Christensen, former Buck Michael Clayton, Judge Vance Day, and Ken Harrison, CEO, Chairman of Promise Keepers. Deepen your faith and be encouraged. For early registration, go to tampabaymensconference.com. That's tampabaymensconference.com. Sponsored in part by the May Wealth Advisors, Raymond James. If you're in HR, you're probably wearing a lot of hats. Recruiter, team builder, trainer, mediator, policymaker, and of course, paper pusher. But not anymore. Bamboo HR is the number one HR software for small and medium businesses. It manages all your employee data easily and automates countless tasks so you can focus on people, not paperwork. Bamboo HR frees you from spreadsheets so you can do your real job, creating a great place to work. If the data shuffle and paperwork mountain have you ready to hang up all your hats, you're ready for Bamboo. If you handle HR records and paperwork, Bamboo HR is a dream. Let us free up your time and put your days of pushing paperwork behind you so you can focus on the people and making your company a great place to work for everyone. Try PC Magazine's top pick for HR software free today. Just go to BambooHR.com slash HR. This is a limited offer, only available to radio listeners at BambooHR.com slash HR. That's BambooHR.com slash HR. My dad served in Vietnam, the 82nd Airborne Division. He never talked about it. And my mom knew not to ask. So dad buried himself in work and self-medicated and would lose his temper sometimes. Loud noises would put him on edge. It got rough. So I finally said to him, Dad, you got to get help. As a family member or friend, 
You may be the first to notice when a veteran you love has been going through changes. Things like withdrawing, drinking more, or increased anger could be a sign of a larger health concern, but help is available. Dad finally went to VA for one-on-one -on -one and group therapy and got some really great tools to help him manage things. And I got my dad back. Listen to hundreds of inspiring stories at maketheconnection.net and learn how you can support the veterans in your life. Treatment works. Recovery is possible. This is Carol Platt-Lebow for townhall.com. Having awakened to the dangers of left-wing activism in education, some parents are finally fighting back. In a heartening display of community engagement, Asian Americans have challenged the new race-based admissions policy of Thomas Jefferson High School in Fairfax County, Virginia. The Fairfax County School Board recently scrapped the standardized test the school had used to select students. Instead, it will now give most slots to the top percent and a half of students at each of the county's middle schools. This new policy disproportionately hurts Asian Americans. Under the old merit and test-based admissions regime, they were upwards of 70% of the school's student body. We don't know if it's too late to keep the woke crowd from permanently damaging our nation's prospects. But to paraphrase Ronald Reagan, though we may not know the outcome if we do something, we do know the outcome if we do nothing at all. Publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu Welcome back to the Bill Bunkley Show. Andrew Southwick, morning host over at Faith Talk, filling in for Bill Bunkley this afternoon. And, you know, as we come through trying to make sense of the origin of this virus, the origin of the information, uh, uh, who's calling the shots? Who are they? What? what how, how credible are they? they? They might be very knowledgeable, but there's a difference between being knowledgeable and being credible. It doesn't always work together. And, 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 and we talk about why, with this gain-of-function research, why would, we, why would we add function to a virus, uh, uh, SARS-1, which had a 15% mortality rate, why would we take that SARS-1 and try to make a SARS-2? I don't think that was a virus that needed a sequel, especially if it wasn't, if it wasn't a, a, a threat already that we, that we truly had to worry about. Now, I know that there's... You know, some in, in virology and immunology would say, well, we, we need to be looking down the road because we want to make sure we have vaccines or our defenses at the ready. And I get that argument, but at what cost? At what cost? Now, I know that many of you are uh, are conservative uh, politically. I know that, that uh, some of you are people of faith. I am a person of faith. I'm a Christian. Uh, I'm a pastor. My background is, is in ministry. And I believe that we were created by God and that this, this world was created by God and that there is an order to creation. And that even though we sinned and, and then death came into the world and, and because of sin we have disease and, and, and things of this nature, that there is still an order to the world that, 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 and, and that God is still at work protecting us. And I think some of that protection we see in nature. There are some diseases and, 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 and viruses you can find that exist in the animal world that don't 
uh, hurt humans. Now, sometimes they mutate and they do. It's not that plagues don't happen. And, and we don't all know where every plague necessarily comes from or, or, or how they come about. But we are getting more and more information that this particular plague that we are making sense of right now and trying to get to the end of quite possibly didn't have to happen at all. Quite possibly did not have to happen at all. But the reason sometimes I think this happens is because we, too many of us have worldviews that are sometimes that we, we have, there's our competing worldviews. You know, I believe in God. I believe in creation. I know that's not, that's not everybody's belief. Maybe not, maybe some of you, that's not your belief. And maybe we believe that, uh, you know, we evolved, that, 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 uh, there was nothing, and then and then there was something, and we evolved, and we're continuing to evolve, and that may be your worldview. I, I'm not trying to disrespect you or, or your intelligence, but I do think that when you don't have a, a designer, a creator, when you don't have a a, 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 a a purpose and a guide, that all of a sudden your worldview becomes, well, we're, we're out here on our own. We, we, we have to fend for ourselves. We have to figure out how to make this thing work. And we don't think that maybe, just maybe, that there are some protections built into our creation and built into our existence that are for our own good. That means that there might be some boundaries we shouldn't cross. And as I look back on the on the pandemic so far and, and what God has brought my family and I through, you know, one of the things that, that helped us, I mentioned yesterday on the program, I dealt with anxiety. I mentioned earlier this, this program, I, I, I dealt with anxiety last year. And, and it really took almost almost into this year to, to be able to come out of it, to be able to feel like I can have courage and go into public again and not worry that every day is my last day on earth. And, you know, who, who's going to take care of my kids? Who's going to who's gonna take care of who's going to who's going to love my wife? The, 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 you know, who's going to love my kids and, and raise them and all these things. And one of the things that that helped me was God brought me to. There's there's a there's a, a, a story in, in scriptures in Second Samuel 24, and and King David has has uh, has sinned and and he is talking with God and God is saying David I've got to discipline you here I'm paraphrasing, but God's saying I've got to discipline you here and I'm going to give you a choice you can you can be at the hands of an, an enemy army a foreign army, or I can send a plague w- w- which would you like. And David asked God for the plague. He asked God for the plague. He, and, and the reason he said that was because I would rather be in the hands of a God who has mercy than in the hands of my enemy who doesn't. And a few verses later, you read literally that God tells the plague to stop. Now, now I'm glad that we have vaccines and that we have treatments and, and we need those things. But for my part, for me and my house, we also are in prayer that, that God will put an end to this. And we're also in prayer that we will respect the boundaries of creation going forward. And if there needs to be some additional accountability that we can do um, from, a, from a policy perspective and, and from a legal perspective and from communities and, 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 as, and as communities of people and cities and states, then we should do those things. We should do those things because you know what? At the end of the day, we are not God. We found out that we can't control a, a, a virus particle uh, that's smaller than, you know, one micron. If we can't control that, how not in control are we? 
And I would suggest to you that the one in control is the one to lean on. I know, again, that's not everybody's view, and I, and I, and I want to respect that here, but, but I, I deeply believe that. we got to say goodbye to our Sarasota friends on The Answer. Thank you for joining us this hour. Uh, for our Faith Talk listeners, we're going to keep going straight ahead uh, on The Answer. Jay Seculo Live with Jay Seculo is coming up. I'm Andrew Southwick filling in for Bill Bunkley. We'll be right back. Nissan is simply the best around when it comes to selling or trading your vehicle. Right from the comfort of your home, office, or cell phone, you can get all the money for your vehicle in seconds. Just visit us online at mossnissan.com and enter your current vehicle's license plate number, VIN number, or make and model, and get top dollar in seconds. We will even come to you with a check in hand. It's that simple. Turn your car into a pile of cash today. Moss Nissan, whatever it takes. At Faith Talk, our desire is for you to grow in the grace of God. I'm part of the saints. I'm part of the people of God. As God is using me, as I am committing myself to generosity and prayer, God is is using this far beyond what we would ask or imagine. Listen to Unlimited Grace with Brian Chappell, weekday afternoons at 2 and again at 9.30 on Faith Talk 570 and 910 and online at letstalkfaith.com. Faith Talk 570 WTBN Pinellas Park. Online at letstalkfaith.com. A service of the Salem Media Group. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. President Joe Biden announced a month of action on Wednesday to get more shots into arms before the July 4th holiday. President Biden says June needs to be a month of action. We're announcing a month-long effort to pull all the stops all the stops to free ourselves from this virus and get to 70% of adult Americans vaccinated. Meanwhile, the world's leading COVID-19 vaccines may offer lasting protection that diminishes the need for frequent booster shots. That's according to scientists who are finding clues in how the body remembers viruses. But they say more research is needed and that virus mutations are still a wild card. Pfizer and Moderna have fueled booster questions by estimating that people might need yearly shots, just like with flu vaccinations. The companies plan to have some candidates ready this fall, but companies won't decide when boosters get used. The largest warship in the Iranian Navy caught fire and later sank in the Gulf of Oman under unclear circumstances. Official Iranian news agencies say efforts failed to save the support warship, the Karg, named after the island that serves as the main oil terminal for Iran. The agencies say the blaze had begun very early in the morning and firefighters had tried to contain it. Photos circulated on Iranian social media of sailors wearing life jackets evacuating the vessel as the fire burned behind them, while one agency published a video of thick black smoke rising from the ship. I'm Charles Duladesma. A draft study has found that at least a tenth of the world's mature giant sequoias were destroyed by a single California wildfire that tore through the southern Sierra Nevada last year. The Visalia Times Delta obtained a copy of the report that describes catastrophic destruction from the Castle Fire in Sequoia National Park. On Wall Street, the Dow by 25 points, the Nasdaq rose 19. This is SRN News. Thinking about liberty is God's idea, and if the church doesn't proclaim it, we lose it. Can America survive without faith in God? 
In the groundbreaking documentary, America, America, God Shed His Grace on Thee, producer-actor Nick Searcy explores the role of faith in America, from our founding fathers to today's most notable conservative voices. We've got to reclaim three key institutions, the media, public schools, pop culture. It's uh, good versus evil, and in a greater sense, our battle is not political, it's spiritual. Our legacy of faith became America's legacy of freedom. By returning to our religious roots, we can restore the soul of our nation. Make America, America your next family movie night. This country is worth fighting for. Liberty is worth fighting for. Don't miss America, America, God Shed His Grace on Thee. Available now at SalemNow.com. That's SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Politics is dividing a lot of Christians in this country, and Dr. Erwin Lutzer offers some counsel. Is politics important? I think politics is very important. But it's important also to remember that it is not all important. The pastor emeritus of Moody Church says... As a pastor, I have never endorsed a political candidate or a political party. But it's very important for us to speak about the issues. Elections do have consequences. The number of abortions performed in Kansas increased by 9% last year as more women traveled from Oklahoma and Texas to terminate pregnancies than in 2019. Kansas health officials say out-of-state abortion seekers outnumbered those from Kansas for the first time in almost 50 years. Advocates on both sides of the issue say the increase likely occurred because Republican governors in Oklahoma and Texas sought to ban most abortions. This is SRN News. There's a lot going on right now, and broadcasters are on the ground. Someone needs to tell you what's going on around the world and in our hometowns. And that someone is us. We are free radio. We are broadcasters. Visit wearebroadcasters.com or text radio to 52886 to learn more. Furnished by NAB and this station. Janae's Tropicals is your one-stop shop for fruit trees, exotic tropical plants and palms, citrus, and more. Join Janae every Saturday morning at 930 as she shares more than 24 years of horticultural experience and hosts other green thumb experts to give you free gardening advice. Janae will teach you to live off the land and love it. Visit Janae online at tropicalfruit.com and join Join her every Saturday at 9.30 a.m. on Faith Talk 570 WTBN. Online at letstalkfaith.com. Strength Between Sundays. Faith Talk 570 and 9.10. Online at letstalkfaith.com. Odyssey. Christ demands first place. There's no room on the throne of your heart for two gods. This is the Bill Bunkley Show. On Faith Talk 570 and 910 WTBN. Our rights come from nature and God and not from government. History will record with the greatest astonishment that those who had the most to lose did the least to prevent its happening. Phone lines are open in Hillsboro, 813 287 5700 or toll free 1 877 943 9673. As for me and my house, we've already made a decision. We are going to serve the Lord. And that's a decision that every single person here tonight has to make. You either have to decide that you're going to serve the gods of materialism all around, or the true and the living God. And now, the president of the Florida Ethics and Religious Liberties Commission. Here's Bill Bunkley. And welcome to Hour 3 of the Bill Bunkley Show. 
I'm Andrew Southwick filling in for your watchman on the wall. I am the morning host uh, here at Faith Talk, and you can hear my Strength Between Sundays mini episodes every morning. 30 seconds at a time. They start at 5.30 a.m. They go all the way to noon. And they are little, hopefully, what is inspirational biblical nuggets. And we're actually walking through the Bible in one year on our Strength Between Sundays episodes. And so I encourage you to check those out in the mornings. If you can't make it in the morning, you can find them online at letstalkfaith.com. You just click on Program Guide and then click on Strength Between Sundays. You can find them there. And it's just another way that... Well, I'll put it this way. You know, I, I ministry matters to me. The, the Word of God matters to me, and I know it matters to you. Otherwise, you most likely wouldn't be listening to this program. And it matters to me that, that we are built up and encouraged in the Word of God. And it matters to me that, that as a part of what I do with my life, I encourage and build up others in the Word of God, and that's that's one way that that I can do that. And I'm grateful to um, I'm grateful to Faith Talk for for giving me an opportunity to be able to do that. And so again, you can go to letstalkfaith.com, click on Program Guide, click on Strength Between Sundays. You can find those little thirty second snippets there, bite size, easy to digest, and uh, a good way to stay connected to God's Word throughout your day. And of course, if you miss any of the Bill Bunkley Show, you can find that on letstalkfaith.com as well. Let'sTalkFaith.com, and once again, just click on the program guide. Now, we are talking today about our origin stories. We're talking about the importance of where we come from, the importance of where information comes from, where things come from, because that's how that's how we know what truth is. That's how we know what direction we're, we're pointed. And as a people of faith. One of the things that we know to be true because of our origin, that we come from God, that we belong to God, it is then true that Christ is an authority over our lives. He is the authority over our lives. That the word of God is an authority, is the authority over our lives. We look to God's word to find out how to navigate our lives in a way that honors God in a righteous way. One of the things, one of the last things that Jesus Christ said on earth is called the Great Commission. It's found in Matthew 28, 19. And he says that we are are to make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That we are to make disciples of all nations. That we are to tell everyone and make disciples. That means we are to tell them about Christ. We are to hopefully see them come to Christ. And then we are to help them grow in Christ as we ourselves grow in Christ. You know, and it's interesting that that is called the Great Commission. There was a a, a Barna study that just came out, a Barna study, excuse me, that just came out about a month or two ago that said that more than half of Christians, professing Christians in America, did not know or were vaguely unfamiliar with what the Great Commission is. It is the last thing Jesus said on earth before he ascended, um, after he was resurrected. Now, when you think of the last thing you're going you're, you're gonna to say on earth, you, you, if you could choose what it would be, it would probably be something you know, pretty important, impactful to, for those that you love. Right. Like you would want to leave Earth saying, you know, make sure to close the garage. Right. Like, I don't think you would you would want that to be the last thing you said if you could choose. Jesus could and did. And he said, you know, I want to make sure you guys know this. 
Here's what you do. Now, he was responding to a question that the disciples were asking. The disciples were looking for Jesus to reign supreme on earth. They were looking for the end of the age. And he said, listen, I've got that taken care of. Here's what I want you to do in the meantime. I want you to make disciples of all nations and baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. From Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. Make disciples. Because of our origin in Christ, we have purpose. We have work to do, and our work is making disciples. And we can make disciples in all kinds of contexts. It's not just a a, a pastor's job or a small group leader's job or what we understand to be the institution of church, the institution, the thing that is church. It is the job of the church, that is Christians. Okay, the church is a nickname for a group of Christians that are gathered together. That's what church is. We know that it's not a building. We know that it's not a set of of bylaws, so on and so forth. It's true believers that gather together. We call that the church. It is an institution of God. And God has told us, the church, to make disciples. What is a disciple? Well, a disciple is a follower of Christ whose actions are motivated and informed by their faith in Jesus. You remember the book of James says that faith without works is dead. Well, why is that? Yes, it's one thing to talk a good game but not walk the walk because that does indicate at least some level of insincerity. But also, our faith should compel us to action. If we believe that God is who he is and, and and that he is true in everything that he says and we believe that he has given us commands for our lives and steps to take and that, and that he will see us to and through them, well, then that should give us the confidence in Christ, the faith that we have should move us to doing those things, to discovering who God has made us and who he wants us to be. Now, what is discipleship? This is a question we always wonder what discipleship is. In modern Christian, in modern Christianity, Christendom as it were, particularly Western Christianity, I think we've, we've created a false dichotomy between discipleship and other aspects of the Christian life. I want to I wanna present discipleship to you this way, okay? That, that discipleship, instead of being a box to check on the list of Christian things that we're supposed to do and be, that discipleship is the vessel that takes you to all those parts of, of life, okay? So think of, you know, we're, we're here in Florida. I always think of, uh, you know, theme parks and stuff. So maybe you think of the uh, the Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, the mine train ride, or or Big Thunder Mountain. Maybe maybe you're familiar with that. And you're riding in a mining cart, and you're, you know, going on, going on a ride. Well, discipleship is like that mining cart, and it's taking you to worship. It's taking you to spiritual formation and growth. It's taking you to, to not neglect the body, to, to be a part, an active part of a local church, a local gathering of believers. It's taking you to loving one another as Christ loves us. It's taking you to, 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 to raising your children well. That's all part of being discipleship. In fact, discipleship starts at evangelism. The first time somebody shared Christ with you was the first time you were discipled. Now, did you become a disciple of, of Jesus? Hopefully, an active follower, because it's you know there are also there are you know, the Bible says that there will be some people who enter heaven by the skin of their teeth, meaning that they're saved, but they really didn't produce much fruit to show for it while they were here. So that means yeah, they're Christians, but maybe they're not disciples. They're not actively following. They're not in the the mining cart, so to speak. So then, what is uh, why why would that be important? Well. Because discipleship is how we give direction to our vessels, whether it's good or bad. And so if we 
are, are going to be effective in living out our faith here on earth in the climate that God has chosen to have us exist, then we need to be effective disciple makers. And I want to tell you one, maybe one of the most important reasons why. We look around our culture right now and we can see that everything seems upside down and backwards. We talked earlier in this program about how sin is now being paraded around as a civil right. That we celebrate that. We, sell, we identify ourselves with our sin. People want to be identified with their sin. They celebrate that. They're proud of it. They march in the streets. They write books. They, they, we make television and movies all about how proud we are that we can be identified with sin. And sin only brings death. But yet here we are. What if I told you that discipleship is how cultures are shaped? It really is. I mean, a culture is what people do together. It kind of then becomes their tradition and so on and so forth. But, but discipleship is how cultures are shaped. And we have discipled our children. We have discipled other people, whether we know it or not. And we have been discipled, whether we know it or not. Maybe we just weren't discipled by a follower of Jesus. The harvest of discipleship then becomes the culture we live in, whether it's in our cities or our churches or our homes. Yesterday on the program, we talked a lot about the transgender movement and how it focuses on children. Do you know why? Here is why. Because those in the transgender movement are trying to disciple our children. Not to follow Jesus, of course, but to follow them and their morality or amorality, if it were. And if we want to impact our culture in a substantive way, voting is good. And I'm not, you know, I am, I, 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 voting is, is a, it is a right and a privilege. I find it voting to be an honor. And I'm, and I'm proud to be in a country, in a, in a state actually that, that, that wants our votes to be, to, to have integrity and, and to matter and to really count. And whether or not, you know, my, those who I support win or lose, I am, I am proud to be able to do that. Voting is good, but I believe discipleship is where it really counts. Discipleship to where, is where it really counts. And the enemy knows this. You know, because who, who among us uh, voted for a lot of the things that we're experiencing in culture right now? I, I, we didn't vote for, for all the, the racial division. We, we didn't vote for... Uh, transgender discipleship of our children. We, we, we didn't vote for for cancel culture. We, we didn't vote uh, for a lot of the things that we're experiencing because it didn't come about through voting. It came about through people's efforts of discipleship. Whether or not that discipleship was for Jesus is another story, but here's the thing. Here's why the responsibility then falls on us as believers, you and me, because we are the ambassadors of Christ. God Jesus, when he left earth, commanded his children to be the disciple makers, uh, those that would make disciples of Jesus. He left that up to us. He didn't give that job to our government. He didn't give that job to our schools. He didn't give that job to our media. He gave that command to us. And the question is, are we, will we be obedient in doing so? Because if we are that's how we can change our culture. That's how we can win our culture back. That's how we return to first principles. If we want freedom and liberty and justice to prevail, 
then we need to be obedient in discipling others. And and so as a part of our origin stories matter theme, we're going to take a deep, we're taking a deep dive into discipleship. And when we come back, I want to tell you what one of the most important parts of discipleship is. And I, and I think it's, it's really one of the most important parts of our lives and it gets looked over so often and so frequently and it, 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 it can be forgotten because it's so easy and it, it, we can take it for granted. But I don't want you to miss this. Okay, we're going to come right back here on the Bill Bunkley Show. I'm Andrew Southwick, filling in for your watchman on the wall. We're back in just a moment. Don't go away. One of my um, favorites is as parents, we often think as our kids grow up, they reach the teenage years that they don't want to connect with us. They don't want to have that time. And I think that that's just not the truth. Greta Eskridge on Focus on the Family Minute. In fact, when my kids were little, I would often be at the store, you know, with a five-year-old, a three-year-old, a one-year-old, I was pregnant, and people would look at me and they'd say, oh, enjoy it now because when they're teenagers, it will be awful. And I, I, I comment. right, and I rebelled against it. I thought that's not going to be my story, but I knew I had to figure out a way then to write a different story. But I think we need to pull them into us. They want to be with us, even if they initially push away. They really do want to be with us. So as parents, we don't need to make the mistake of thinking our kids, especially as teens, don't want to be around us. Find creative ways to connect with your children and teens. Hear more from Greta at FamilyMinute.org. Now is the time. You're going to be getting, for many of you, you'll get a refund on your income taxes. And so maybe now is the time to look at that home repair that you didn't quite get around to. If it's a door, if it's a window, electrical. And oh, by the way, be a great time to get your heating and air conditioning system inspected and totally clean. Why? Well, you do that every 3,000 miles for your car. Why wouldn't you do that for the most expensive appliance in your home? Well, $79 is going to take care of that right now. Go right now to acshomeservices.com. That's acshomeservices.com. And if you've got an emergency after-hours deal, hey, make sure you call them because they will come out all throughout the night, and you won't get charged a service call for after-hours. And by the way, everything they do is 100% satisfaction guaranteed by you, the customer. So call them right now. Tell them Bill Bunkley sent you at 813-544-2467. 813-544-2467. That's ACS Home Services. Joy still comes in the morning. Hope still walks with the hurting. If you're still Welcome back to the Bill Bunkley Show. Andrew Southwick, your Faith Talk morning host, filling in for Bill Bunkley here. And we are in a deep dive into why origins matter, why our origin stories matter. We've talked about it from a purpose standpoint. Now we're talking about it from an action standpoint, because where we come from should compel us to action. Now, I told you before, we, uh, we stepped away that I want to tell you what one of the most important parts of discipleship is because discipleship, since we, since our origin is God and since we, uh, uh, those who profess a belief in Christ, we belong to him, that means certain things. That means he is our authority. So when he commands us to make disciples of all nations and baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, 
That's a command. It's an imperative. It is something we are to do. Not a suggestion, but a command. And because we acknowledge that that's our origin, that should compel us to action. Now, there's a part of discipleship that I don't know if we if we realize is there because discipleship in in modern church in a lot of ways and again I'm not at all um uh trying to trying to knock the church in any way it just what some and sometimes some of this is an, is inevitable because just the order of the way we have to exist in society you know it's imperfect right so I'm not saying that the church has to be perfect in in these things but the way discipleship is often presented is usually as a class right a Sunday school class or a Wednesday study, or um, a college course, or something like that. It's a class, and, and discipleship focuses heavily on knowledge and knowing God and and and, and knowing things, and 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 that obviously knowing God. We, we're going to follow Him. We're going to say we love Him. We should want to know Him, but that's not all that discipleship is. It's discipleship is much more than just passing on knowledge and attending classes. One of the bedrocks of discipleship is prayer. And isn't prayer sometimes one of the easiest things to forget, especially for those of us who, let's be honest, some of us get bored praying, you know, and, and I'll be honest, like I'm a pastor and sometimes I bore myself when I'm praying. All right, really. And I don't, I'm, not, I'm just, just being honest with you. Like there are some people I know who are prayer warriors. You could, you could, you could leave them on a mountain and like fly away and they would be happy because they could just pray for the rest of their lives undisturbed. And that is, that's actually a spiritual gift. And, and it's, a, it's incredible. And then there are some of us who are like, you know, I, I can like bless the meal and that's about it. I don't know really how to talk to God. And so some of, for some of us, it's a learned discipline. And, and if that's you, if you're like me, well, you've got to, you've got to remember prayer. You've got to remember prayer daily because it is how, how we communicate with our heavenly father, with our savior. And, and if we love, uh, if we love God, like we say we do, I mean, how many people do you truly love that you never communicate with? The number is probably pretty small because the level of interaction and relationship that we have with those we love shows us whether or not we love them and, and, and the depth of that love or, or how that, or how, and how it manifests itself. The Apostle Paul, in his writings in the New Testament, wrote 13 books of the New Testament. They were all letters, letters to churches. And if you'll notice in his letters, he couches them in prayer. There's prayer at the beginning, there's prayer at the end. Sometimes there's, sometimes there's prayer in the middle. And he, and he talks about how, and, and then when he's not praying, he's talking about praying. He's talking about who he's praying for, and he's thankful for who is praying for him. Part of our origin, friends, fellow Christians, is is a people of prayer. Discipleship is rooted in prayer. And how about this? We talk about praying for our nation, and, I'm, and I know that many of you do, and I'm so thankful. Because our nation is better because you are praying for our nation. Our state is better because you're praying for our nation. Many of you are probably praying for, praying for our governor. He needs your prayers. You, did you know that one way to pray for our nation, one way to pray for our state, one way to pray for uh, Governor DeSantis is to pray for those whom God has entrusted to us to disciple? Because remember, discipleship creates culture. How we disciple people as they grow, that becomes how they live. So we can allow culture to disciple our friends, our loved ones, our, our children, each other, 
or, or we can try. And I wonder, do we see discipleship as, as an entrustment from God, as something God has entrusted to us? Have you ever thought of it like that? Like this is a special thing that God is, 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 is asking us to do and he wants us to take good care of it and good care of the people. You know, my, my, my kids every night, we, uh, we make a little popcorn for their dessert and uh, they'll watch a, a short cartoon or something like that. And uh, we have five kids, so there's a lot of them. So it's a lot of popcorn that we make. And every night we ask them, every night, and for years, every night, we say, please don't spill your popcorn, please. Because, you know, parents, when kids spill, parents clean it up. And sometimes at the end of the night, I'll be honest with you, I turned 41 this year. Like, if I, don't, if I, if I never have to bend over again to reach down to pick something up, it will be too soon. You know what I'm saying? Like, please, I don't want to pick up popcorn. But every night without fail, uh, one or more child spills their, their uh, container of popcorn every night. And we entrust them not to spill it. They spill anyway. And I'm not complaining because I know that, that I'm going to miss that when they stop spilling their popcorn. And I'm glad that we can uh, provide that popcorn for them and provide life for them. But, but here's the question I, that, that I want to ask about this. Do we treat the people in our lives that God has asked us to disciple the same way that my kids treat their popcorn? God says, hey, I want you to take care of this and don't spill it. Do we spill it? Because I tell you what. I don't think we can afford to spill these things much longer. The And we, and I believe Christians, we have the light and the love of Jesus Christ. We, 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 we are able to love people in a way that only Christians can. What are we waiting for? Do we treat others as though they are entrusted to us? As though they are, do, do we treat others with an acknowledgement that they are precious to God? And, and that God has asked us to help them grow are we ourselves? It, 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 who disciples us? Who helps us grow? We, we need both. And if we're going to affect the culture in this country, I believe that there's a lot the church can do when it comes to discipleship. Uh, when we come back at the bottom of the hour, I've got an author I wanted to bring on and wrote a couple of different books and we're going to talk about them, but, but, it's, it's all about discipleship and how we live and how we love each other. And, and, I, and I want you to hear this. I hope you'll stick around uh, for that because it's, it's so important to know and to have practical tools. Because, again, discipleship is more than a, a Sunday school class. Discipleship is more than, um, than, than just checking off some boxes in, in uh, Christendom and society. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a lifetime of relational connection, and it's a lifetime commitment we're committed to God, and that means also we're committed to each other. And God has given us each other to uh, to sharpen each other and to and to equip each other and to build each other up. And so I hope uh, the, that you will find some, not just inspiration, but also some guidance and wisdom as to how you can do this in your own life. I'm Andrew Southwick. I'm in for Bill Bunkley. That's coming up at the bottom of the hour, so stick around. The Bill Bunkley Show will be right back. This report is sponsored by Moss Nissan. Locations in Newport Ritchie, Crystal River, and Tampa. 
With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu's opponents announced that they have reached a deal to form a new governing coalition, paving the way for the ouster of the longtime Israeli leader. The dramatic announcement by opposition leader Yair Lapid and his main coalition partner Naftali Bennett came shortly before a midnight deadline and prevented the country from plunging into what would have been its fifth consecutive election in just over two years. The agreement still needs to be approved by the Knesset or Parliament in a vote that is expected to take place early next week. If it goes through, Lapid and a variety of partners that span the Israeli political spectrum will end the record-setting 12-year rule of Benjamin Netanyahu. On Wall Street, the Dow by 25 points, the Nasdaq rose 19, the S&P advanced 6. This is SRN News. Thank you. Pregnancy can be an exciting time, but for many moms, it can mean feeling anxious, depressed, confused, or overwhelmed. Either during pregnancy or after having your baby, you may not quite feel like yourself. If you're experiencing these feelings, you are not alone, and mental health issues can be treated. Talk with your OB or connect with a mental health provider in your area by visiting flbhimpact.org. This message is supported by the Health Resources and Services Administration, the Florida Department of Health, the Florida Association Broadcasters, and this station. It's getting harder and harder to make sense out of today's headlines. To stay on top of breaking world and national news with a Christian worldview and a faith-based perspective on what it means, turn to ChristianHeadlines.com. Log on to ChristianHeadlines.com for the very latest news and then sign up for our free daily newsletter to stay one step ahead of what's happening. Get out of the mainstream media rut with top news and positive headlines every day with ChristianHeadlines.com. Moss Nissan is simply the best around when it comes to servicing and maintaining your vehicles. From the moment you walk through the doors, you'll notice the difference. Our staff is like family, and we look forward to treating you and your vehicle as a part of that family. Our technicians are factory trained, and we work on all makes and models. From basic oil changes to full-blown restorations, we have you covered. And now we offer extended service hours and drop-off pickup services as well, so you can have your vehicle serviced on your schedule. Moss Nissan, whatever it takes. If you owe back taxes, there's a lot you need to know, starting with rule number one. Don't mess with the IRS. They are cracking down this year by sending out heart-stopping letters, actively garnishing paychecks, levying bank accounts, and putting liens on homes and businesses. That's all true, but it's also true there's a way out. It's called the Fresh Start Initiative, an important government program for tax debt assistance. It's one of the biggest breaks the IRS has ever offered, so now's the time. You could qualify for tax relief that saves you thousands, even tens of thousands. Nobody knows this program like the award-winning experts at Optima Tax Relief. They have an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau and will fight to get you the best deal possible. Don't mess with the IRS. For tax help you need, for tax help you can trust, call Optima now for a free consultation. Call 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. Tax Relief. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. Hi, I'm Brian Golden, lead pastor of Centerpoint Church, and I want to invite you to tune in to Unfiltered Radio. Whether you're a skeptic, maybe you've been hurt by the church, or you are a Jesus follower, we want to help you in your journey of faith or investigating faith. On Unfiltered, we're honest. We try to speak at street level about what it means to follow Jesus and his teaching. And what you'll discover may lead you to give Jesus another look. Listen to Unfiltered Radio with Bryant Golden, weeknights at 6.30 on Faith Talk 570, 910, and FM 102.1. And I 
And welcome back to the Bill Bunkley Show. Andrew Southwick with you, filling in for Bill Bunkley here. And we are talking about our origin story and where we come from and why that matters. And particularly this hour about how we disciple each other and help each other grow. I, we, and we have a, 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 a great conversation coming up. We have Dr. Robert Chong. He serves as the pastor of care at Sojourn Church Midtown in Louisville, Kentucky. He's got a passion for helping the church to be confident in Jesus. And he's the executive director of Gospel Care Ministries, which trains leaders in churches, networks, mission organizations for discipleship and care in community. Dr. Zhang also serves as a Sojourn Network strategist in the area of care and as a council member for the Biblical Counseling Coalition. He is the author of God Redeeming His Bride, a handbook for church discipline and Restore, Changing How We Live in Love. And that's the book we're going to talk about today. So, Dr. Chong, welcome to the Bill Bunkley Program. Hey, Andrew. Nice to nice to be on the show and to get to know you a little bit. Yeah, you as well. We appreciate you giving us the time here and looking forward to to learning from what you uh, what you have to say. So, first, uh, let's just get a little background. What uh, tell us a little bit about Restore? Uh, what's the the overall premise and and story that it, that it tells and helps us to do? And why did you uh, feel led to write the book? Sure, Restore is actually. Um, a framework in which we can grow disciples in becoming more like Christ, but also grow disciples in bearing one another's burdens. Mm-hmm. And what um, Restore focuses on is the framework of God's story, which helps us to better understand our own story as we live life in a fallen world. But also it, it gives us hope and is a pathway for healing as we live more and more in God's story as we live in Christ. Mm-hmm. Amen. And you know we've been talking about that how we um, how we communicate with each other how we how we see God's story in one another and I'm mm-hmm. wondering you you mentioned it, it helps us understand and see our own stories in light of, of God's larger story how do we begin to reframe our stories our struggles those things as we start to see them in relation in the light of, of God's story yeah, we, we begin to reframe our stories when we begin to shift our focus and our perspective. You know, Andrew, uh, we tend to look at life based on our own experiences, based on our own unique stories. And as a direct result, it's easy for us to forget that life is bigger than our own reality. And God begins to reframe how we see our lives, even ourselves, and relationships and even relationship with him when we begin to see our story in a large, in a in a much bigger story which is his gospel story and we begin to see and understand life based on God's heart and his thoughts and his words and so when that when that becomes our frame of reference when Christ becomes our frame of reference more specifically then we begin to see and experience life differently and that's the pathway for God to reframe how we see and experience our own stories. Hmm. It's amazing sometimes how God writes our stories. I mean, even just today, as you were talking, you know, one of the things we've been talking about on the program today is, is, is reframing how we see other people. And according Mm -hmm. to the fact that we are creations of God and that, and and for those of us who believe in, in Christ, we're his children. But, Mm -hmm. but if we could see each other as God's creation and not like the sum total of whatever sin they're struggling with, it might Mm -hmm. help us be able to share those burdens and, and extend Christ's love to them. Um, you know, what are, 
we, we know that sin affects us all. Uh, you know, the, the rain falls on the quick and the dead, right? So, right. So what do all of our struggles have in common? Because, and, and I ask you that because I think one of the things that would help equip us to be able to um, restore both in our own lives and in, in life for help others restore in those around us is mm-hmm. if we can, sometimes that common ground is going to be what we're going through and not always what our uh, political point of view might be, um, <laughs> That's right. you know, so what, what, what do our struggles have in common? Yeah. Um, you know, Andrew, that's a, that's a great question because like you were saying before, when we forget that other people are made in the image of God, it's really easy to put them in a different classification of humanity. Um, but it's really important, first of all, to remember from creation, that part of God's story that we're, that God is the one who created all of us in his image uh, but the thing that will bridge the um, to the question of our common struggles is the notion that God did not create us to know evil. You know, he told the first man and woman not to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Yeah. And uh, we know the story, right? They chose to eat that fruit anyway. And ever since then, evil has impacted all of us um, and has overpowered us and overwhelms us in every conceivable way. And so if we remember that God made us all in his image, but then also remember that sin impacts all of us in ways that leaves us helpless, then we begin to see and understand not only for our own selves how sin impacts us or evil impacts us, but also we, we can take that in consideration when we're dealing with somebody else who may have hurt us or disappointed us or frustrates us. And so in one sense, the common struggles that we see that comes from the fall and I have them listed in, in the in lesson one of the booklet, is that, that we all struggle with a sense of, of fear and anger and shame and guilt and sorrow and fantasy. And if we begin to understand that, then not only do we understand that we're not alone when we experience these common struggles, but also we can have more understanding and even compassion when we're dealing with other people who might be exhibiting these same struggles. Amen. You know, and as you mentioned, you, you brought up um, Adam and Eve and, and the, uh, the the story of the fall in the garden and how we weren't created to to know evil. And that's one of the the tragedies. It, it's almost an ironic tragedy because you know the, the the serpent tempted tempted them. You'll know good and evil, but all they 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 knew all the good. They, that's, that's right. That's that's, that's all right. they knew, and and right. all they ended up learning about was evil. You know, and, mm-hmm. and then you brought in, you, you mentioned shame, which was the first emotion they felt after that. And mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's really incredible how we, we as human beings were not created. We're, we're, we weren't designed for evil, and it, and it still and, right. and it messes us up. Um, right. And I think that also comes through in, in even for believers, and it manifests itself as, as struggles of faith. Or sometimes, you know, in my work as a pastor in counseling, I'll often hear, you know, when, when we're really under it in terms of... Um, the presence of sin in our lives as believers, sometimes we can interpret it as a crisis of faith. And, and those mm-hmm. things are, 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 are common. That's right. Why and how do we, do we take them seriously? And, and how can we make sure that we don't leave them unchecked? Because those can be blind spots for, for some of us as we follow the Lord. Absolutely. You know, Andrew, we, you know, as you said, that even as Christians, we can struggle to believe. And that's because we're still living in the fall. Even though we're living in Christ, we're still being bombarded, and we still wrestle with the evil in us and around us. And so that's why we all struggle to believe 
and even struggle with despair, which is um, the contrary of hope, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But one of the things that, as you mentioned, why we have to take faith struggles seriously is because um, even though they're common, uh, it can be a very dangerous path. And the reason why I can say that is if we go to Ephesians 6, that talks about the armor of God. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the one of the parts of the armor of God is the is the shield of faith. And if you keep reading, it says the shield of faith extinguishes the fiery darts of the enemy. And so, when we struggle with doubt, if doubt becomes our norm, in in, in essence, we've lowered the shield of faith, and we're going to be bombarded and take the beatings that come from the fiery darts that the enemy's wanting, wanting to, to, you know, is shooting at us, but also we're going to just wrestle with that, the, the indwelling sin that was within us as well without that protection of God's faith. You, one of the points you make is that, is that any story doesn't reach completion until it's shared, you know, like the, mm-hmm. because that's the purpose of a story, right? Otherwise, that's right. yes, we live the story, but we, we need to share it. That that's its, that's its fulfilling its purpose. Why should why should we tell our stories to others? I mean, sometimes it's you know we, some of us have a, have difficult stories, and either we you know maybe we don't want to relive them. And in some cases, I would say, okay, yeah, if you're not ready to uh, to, to bring that up yet, there, there's obviously grace for that. But it still is God's story, and there still is value in sharing in one context or another. Um, why do we? Why is it so important that we tell our stories? And how do we differentiate that from from dwelling on our past and ourselves? And mm-hmm. when we tell our stories, it's going to be effective uh, as a part of God's story and in restoring others. Absolutely. You know, Andrew, even before we share our stories, what's what's crucial in this whole process is that we take the time to reflect our own stories and how our stories have impacted us, how it's impacted how we live and how we love. And uh, and so that is part of engaging in spiritual warfare that we just really don't think about because the enemy would like to take all the evil that we've experienced and then also whether it be at the hands of others or maybe from our own hands, um, and he wants to use it for evil, for additional evil, right? Um, but as we take the time to reflect on our own story uh, and see how it's shaped us, then we can more clearly see how we need Jesus and and why Jesus makes a difference in the midst of living in a fallen world. But the second thing, as I alluded to in the first point, is that when we take the time to reflect our stories and even share our stories with others, we're actually engaging in spiritual warfare because because by God's grace, we're going to reduce the number of blind spots that we have when we take the time to see how our story has impacted us. But also when we share our stories with others, um, we're stepping out into the light and um, and no longer um, living in the, the whispers of shame that the enemy wants to, us to live in. And then as we as other people hear our stories and encourage us in Christ, it actually begins to free us from some of the lies that we can believe and the shame that we all struggle with. Mm. But, but also by sharing our stories, people get to know us. But not only do they get to know us, but they get to know more specifically how they can pray for us and how they can love us and bear our burdens. And as you mentioned, you know, God doesn't want us to be merely introspective, right, because we can go into a tailspin if that's all we do. But um, but as we begin to reflect and share our story within God's greater story, that's when he begins to not only reframe, 
how we see our lives and our stories, but he also actually restores our souls. And then over time, he actually redeems our stories where as a pastor, and you know this as well, Andrew, mm-hmm. that people will share the most heinous parts of their story when they've you know, been um, victims of the sins of others. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but then they begin to share that freely as a testimony, not to their pain necessarily, but to God's power and his love. And that's when, they, that's when God gets glory um, in a such beautiful and unexpected ways. And I think that's what the Apostle Paul was also referring to when he says, I boast in my weakness because it's in my weakness that Christ is made right. strong. You know, and and so we uh, now I know you are um, you're able to stick with us here for one more segment. And so when we come back, I'm going to ask Dr. Chong about what it means to have communion with God, because if if we if our stories are really God's stories uh, written out, well, it it stands to reason that we need an intimate relationship with him. What does that look like? Uh, How can we have and grow that relationship? And then how can we love each other when it's so hard to love each other? That's coming up on the Bill Bunkley Show. I'm Andrew Southwick sitting in for your watchman on the wall. We will be right back. Don't go away. My name is Ryan Bourne. And I'm Danica Bourne. And And we're we're the the owners owners of South Coast Coast Tax. We would like to thank our Lord for protecting us from evil. Psalm 91 states, He is my refuge and my fortress, for He will rescue us from every trap and protect us from deadly disease. South Coast Tax are Christian-based tax accountants and attorneys who specialize in releasing bank levies, wage garnishments, and filing complex tax returns. We are the leaders in acceptance of offers and compromise with awesome results. We are also a small firm who will treat you like family and not just a number. Call us today at 1-800-TAX-1176 for a free consultation, and we'll take the time to explain all the programs that you qualify for in order to allow you a fresh start. In John 836, so if the sun sets you free, you will be free indeed, and one way we can achieve that is by being debt-free. So let us help you today. Call us at 1-800-TAX-1176, and together we can help achieve this goal by putting the IRS tax debt behind you for good. Again, that number is 1-800-TAX-1176. The best Christian music to brighten your day. Messages that inspire hope, life, and spiritual transformation from the nation's leading Christian teachers and a safe place for you to grow in your faith. Sound like something you could use? Visit ChristianRadio.com. ChristianRadio.com is a place you can find hope when there seems to be none. All your favorite Christian radio stations can go with you wherever you go. Join us now online and on your mobile app at ChristianRadio.com. How'd you like to eliminate your expensive cable bill forever or get new satellite internet where cable can't go? Well, now you can have affordable satellite internet service for a few dollars a day. All you need is a mini satellite installed and you can have unlimited internet connections wirelessly in your home or office. And no cable boxes means unlimited connections and no clutter. You can surf the internet or stream any of your favorite television services with no cable. 
And the best part is, satellite internet service costs only a few dollars a day for your entire home. Yes, fast internet to surf or stream television for a few bucks a day. Call now for free details and learn how to drop your expensive cable bill. 800-696-6902. That's 800-696-6902. Impact Mortgage Corp. TV, a cash call mortgage, NMLS ID, 128231, equal housing lender, not licensed in all states, including New York. Offer based on loans over $250,000. Call 855-657-9910 for licensing terms and restrictions. What's better than a mortgage interest rate and APR in the twos? How about a no-closing-cost mortgage loan with an interest rate and APR in the twos? That's right. We have no-closing-cost loans here at Cash Call Mortgage. We pay the title, escrow, and appraisal fees. So if you're looking to save a little cash on your monthly mortgage payment, call Cash Call Mortgage today. Our quotes are always free. If your mortgage rate APR is not in the twos, Cash Call Mortgage could lower your interest rate and save you some cash. What are you waiting for? With low rates and no closing cost options, now is the time to refinance your mortgage. For a free quote to see if you qualify, go to CashCallMortgage.com or call us today. Call 800-931-6651. That's 800-931-6651. 800-931-6651. Weekday mornings at 6. Join Pastor Steve Kreloff for Verse by Verse. See the holiness of God. Look at the holiness of God. You look at the holiness of God and the purity of Jesus Christ, the purity of God the Father, God the Spirit, and you will hate your sin. Listen to Verse by Verse with Pastor Steve Kreloff, weekday mornings at 6 on Faith Talk 570 WTBN, online at letstalkfaith.com. We got a rock star preacher who won't wake us from our dreams. We want our blessings in our pocket. We keep our missions overseas. And we're back here on the Bill Bunkley Show. Andrew Southwick, your morning host here on Faith Talk, filling in for Bill Bunkley. And we are joined by Dr. Robert Chong, author of the book Restore, Changing How We Live in Love. And, Doctor, thank you for sticking with us here. I want to ask you a couple of things. We've got a few minutes left. Um, first, if we're going to be restored and, and, and grow in discipleship and in, in our lives what does it mean to have communion with God? There are, you, you talk about three aspects of a relationship with him. I'm wondering uh, if you, it, 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 we've got a couple minutes left for this, if you can help us understand what that is and, and then what a relationship with God looks like in that way. Yeah, absolutely. You know, our communion with God is uh, a profound privilege that we have been given as, as believers, as God's children. And it's made up of three aspects of knowing experiencing and imaging God. Um, Andrew, just a quick distinction between mm-hmm. union with Christ and communion with God. And I got this distinction from John Owens, and he said that our union with Christ is, is sovereignly um, established and is steadfast. It never changes. However, our communion with God is how we experience our relationship with God, which means that it ebbs and flows like the ocean tides. And so those three components that I mentioned, knowing God, experiencing and imaging God, those 
um, are ways in which God wants us to experience our relationship with him. But because of the fact that we're still living in the fall, um, the way that we know God throughout our lives and even throughout the moments of the day varies, right, in terms of sometimes um, he seems near and, and we know him intimately, and other times it seems like we don't. But also experiencing God is something where he created us to experience his love in a way that, as David describes in Psalm 63, your love is better than life. Hmm. But because of our struggle with, with, with evil, oftentimes we, we don't experience God's love, but also we doubt God's love. But then lastly, imaging God is how God created us to reflect him how, and how we relate and respond to him according to his righteousness. And what it boils down to, Andrew, is that it's, it's how we're following Christ. How, we, how are we living like Christ? And as, you, as we all know, that it, it's a struggle um, to live to please God and not ourselves. And so those are the three aspects that are inherent to us um, experiencing our relationship with God in the ways that he created us to know that. Um, but because of the fall, we can struggle um, to experience our relationship with God. Amen. And, you know, one of the key words I heard you repeat over and over in there is God's love and, and how he does this out of his love and extends his love to us. And we mm-hmm. are created to love as well, to love God Absolutely. and others. Yet Absolutely. loving others seems to be the hardest thing to do, especially today <laughs> when right. uh, we actually are applauded for, for hating others. Like this is a good mm-hmm. thing. How outraged can we get? If God created us to love, uh, and I got about a minute and a half for this, why... Can, why are relationships of all kinds so hard? Why is it so hard to love others? Yeah, Andrew, because of the fall, our default nature is self-love and self-glory. We love ourselves more than God and more than others, so therefore we put ourselves before God and before others. And then also we struggle with self-glory. We, we think mm-hmm. that in our default mode that we are the center of the universe, that we are God. We, we are living about our own kingdom, and everybody's here to serve us. So as a direct result, uh, in trying to please ourselves and how we live, we will hurt people and sin against people and offend people. Uh, but then also part of that, beyond that, that um, inherent nature, uh, in Galatians 5, it talks about we either walk by the Spirit or walk by the flesh. And when we're walking by the flesh, we're going to hurt one another because we're going to live for ourselves and not for Christ. But then later on in Galatians 5, 22 to 23, uh, it talks about the fruit of the Spirit in contrast to the fruit of the flesh. And if our communion with God is not um, – if we're not experiencing God the way that he created us to know him, we're not going to experience his love, joy, or peace. And as a direct result – in not living in his love, joy, and peace, we're not going to extend patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control in our relationships. And when that's the case, then relationships will be hurt and hurt, and, and we can break relationships as a direct result. I'm Dr. Chong. That's such an important word, an important message that we need right now. Uh, I want to make sure that our listeners can uh, follow up and uh, maybe uh, and, and and get Restore, and along with some other resources that you may have. Absolutely. Uh, let us know where we can follow up with you, how we can get Restore. Um, let us know how to find you. Absolutely. Um, if you go to my website, it's www.gospel.care, C-A-R-E, and we have links to the book, but also you can look for the book on Amazon. But also, if you want to um, have any questions or want to interact with me, you can email me at robert at gospel.care. 
And again, that is gospel.care, gospel.care. You can uh, follow up with Dr. Chong and also get his fantastic book, Restore. And uh, it really is a way that we can can be equipped uh, by God through works like this and help to equip each other to be restored. And there is a lot that we need to restore in our country, a lot we need to restore in our state and our home. Dr. Chong, thank you again for being with us. Uh, That's about it for the Bill Bunkley Show today. Again, I'm Andrew Southwick. I've I've had the privilege of sitting in for your Watchman on the Wall uh, for the past couple of days. Bill uh, looks like he will be back tomorrow, and so you will have Han Solo driving the Millennium Falcon, and all will be right with the world. But I have truly and and sincerely enjoyed and appreciated my time with you. I hope uh, you have been built up in the name of Christ, that you have grown in your faith, and that you continue to stand in his truth. And again, if you want to keep hanging out with me, I would love it. You can uh, hear my Strength Between Sundays episodes on our online archive at letstalkfaith.com. And of course, Bill Bunkley will be right back here tomorrow, 3 p.m. Thank you so much. Remember, the truth will set you free, and it is the truth that will keep you free. Until next time, so long.